a golden god! An equal amount of blueberries in each muffin. To a new world of gods and monsters. <laughs> I don't know who's weirder, you or me. You just put the law in my hands, and I'm gonna break your heart with it. Nobody puts baby in a corner. Whatever you do, don't fall asleep. There is no Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Movies for Life. I'm one of your co-hosts, Michelle Aiken. And I'm your other co-host, Brian Kuiper. And we have a very sexy, fun episode for you guys today. Um, what did we agree on we were calling this topic? I don't know that we really set something specific. Sexy movies? Cheater, cheater, they really pumpkin have a little eater? Bit, yeah. <laughs> I think that's a better one. That's, that's more of what Both they have in common. Are, yeah, they're, they're movies about <laughs> cheaters or cheating or... Uh-huh. Um, Infidelity. Infidelity. In some way. <laughs> yeah, it's... Uh, they explore the topic in such unique ways, you know, just different approaches uh, to the subject and both just really good movies. Really good. Amazing. Yeah. Another one that I, I used to like, but is now probably a favorite, you know, like <laughs> rediscovering them and thinking about them a little bit more for the show. I've mm-hmm. always like come away with such a stronger appreciation for movies. And I definitely have that for one of those now. That's great. I like, yeah, for me, it was, I hadn't seen, we should probably just go ahead and say what the movies are. So it's the title of the episode. It's I know we always like to tease the it. Episode. <laughs> it's in the title. Yeah. It's like, what are, what are we waiting for? Yeah. Um, so since yours is going first, would you like to introduce yours first? Uh, my pick for this is from 2002. It's Adrian Lin's Unfaithful. And mine is kind of daunting when I picked it. <laughs> to be honest. Yeah. Uh, from 1999, Stanley Kubrick's Eyes Wide Shut, uh, which even saying those words makes me go, oh my gosh, we need to talk about this movie. I know. <laughs> but, and I told you that like several times before, I was like, I don't feel qualified. I don't feel smart enough to talk about Eyes Wide Shut. But revisiting it, it's actually, it's it's not that hard to get <laughs> honestly i mean yeah. there are several ways that you can look at it absolutely yes like you can like pretty much any movie but it's it's really not as difficult as i as i thought it was yeah i think <laughs> and i feel much better about it yeah kubrick's interesting with how he approaches a narrative especially in uh-huh. the post 2001 period where it's a sparse narrative usually that just kind of explores ideas and lets you ruminate on them. And and I think that is very much the way Eyes Wide Shut is presented. And I I think I I hadn't seen it in a good 20 years. And actually, I hadn't seen either of these in a good 20 years, to be honest. Um, I watched them both with my wife uh, when (laughs) not that long after we were married, to be honest. Uh, So it has a very different sensibility to both movies now uh, watching them after 20 years of marriage. 
Yeah, and there is an element that makes me feel like I'm not at all qualified to talk about either one of these because I am not married, have never been married, probably never will be married. And so I have no, that's what they're both about. They're both kind of essentially about marriage and relationships, which I have no experience in because I'm a fucking loser, but (laughs) I'm going to do my best. Come on. Come on. Don't do that. Don't make me kick your thighs. Uh. Um. Well, it's true. I mean, like, I don't like there. I, there are some ideas that I have, but I don't know if that's what it's actually like because I don't have that experience. But sure. Well, I mean, every do, experience so. is different, though, too. So sure. yeah. um, we will you'll see. I mean, it's it's always enlightening to have a conversation about just about anything we talk about just because we see them in different ways. Right. So um, yeah. I, I think it'll be great to to dive into both of these. And, you know, I might share a little bit of my impressions from when I first saw them and seeing them now compared to now. Um, so, but you know, otherwise I, I'm just kind of feeling freewheeling. Let's see what happens with these. Yeah. You know? Let's do it. Okay. Well, with unfaithful, unfaithful is always, um, just a movie, honestly, that I liked because it was really hot. And, um, um, as I posted, um, on Twitter yesterday, um, I don't think I've ever been attracted to another human being as much as I am to Diane Lane in this movie. She is fucking phenomenal. But, um, you know, as what usually happens when we know we have to talk about a movie for the show and like looking at it that way, I I definitely saw a lot more in uh, the subtleties of like Mm -hmm. what he was doing with with the characters. And like, um, I, I got a lot more of the story and I, Got a lot more appreciation for, I mean, I always liked, like, we both kind of agree that the ending is really what kind of shoots this one to the top. Yes. I think it's wonderful the way that it ends. And, I mean, the seeds for that are planted right at the beginning, mm-hmm. too, if you really pay attention. So, um, and it's just very subtle. And, like, the way that it, uh, like you brought up before when we were talking, yeah, the way that it shifts the narrative to where, like, one half of the movie is mostly about Diane Lane's character and then it kind of shifts the focus onto Richard Gere's character is a really smart way to do that. Yeah. And, and a really interesting way to do that. And uh, yeah, I just, I love this movie. And those two lead performances are incredible. I mean, I, I have to admit, you know, I, I've always thought of Richard Gere as, you know, sort of a reliable presence. You know, he's a decent actor, a good right. actor. But in this, I think he's really digging some into something that I had never really thought of him doing before. I think the nuance of the performance is really interesting. I mean, yes. you can feel his pain. I it is so clear without, you know, being wildly emotive, you know? But it's yeah. so present. Right from the beginning, yeah. before anything really happens, you feel that he's there's something going on and just from like subtle looks that he gives, you know? Yeah. So this kind of starts out like the actually both eyes wide shut and this one start out kind of the same way where it just shows this normal family, yeah, normal routines. relationships, yeah. routines mm-hmm. going on. And um, it, it's where, again, like watching this a little bit more closely, it's where you can see like they seem on the outside like, you know, they're happy. They're just doing like normal stuff, getting their kid ready for school. Um, but at, beneath the surface, you can see something in them to where it's not maybe entirely happiness it's right. just contentment on her on her side and for him what i can see is uh, a lot of fear mm. fear of not being good enough fear sure. of not giving the other person what they 
truly what they fully need. Yeah, definitely. I, I think, you know, that to some extent, there's a midlife crisis element yes. running through this movie, too, for both. Uh, for both of both them. Both of them, you know. You know, I my experience, obviously, is more <laughs> with the guy. Uh, I, I, I've, I know what, <laughs> what he's doing, you know, just trying to. He's he's trying he's runs a successful business, but I mean where he talks about like at the very beginning where he says you know where that stock was you know mm-hmm. however many weeks ago when we were thinking about buying it now it's up to this ah it's too late you know it's like we failed you know there's there's that sense uh-huh. of just and it it's not even like a huge jump it was like ten bucks a share or something like that or <laughs> uh, and and you just kind of go. Where she says, well, just buy some now. It's like, ah, it's too late. I just think that is interesting. He's trying, I think, to be, you know, there's this, there's a sense, I think, for guys. I say this just, I say for guys because I, that's what I know, right? When you reach about 40 or so, you're always kind of like, did I do as well as I could by this point in my life? Mm-hmm. Is anything that, that I have done in my life going to have any significance whatsoever? And I think that's some of what Gear's character is conveying here. I mean, he's, it's funny because both the men in her life, of, in Connie's life, you know, Ed, her husband, he's trying to get her attention while Charlie, her little mm-hmm. son, is trying to get her attention. And she's just kind of caught in the middle of it in this opening scene, you know? Yeah. And, and she, she, she hears, she's trying to brush Charlie's teeth while, um, he's trying to tell her something, while Ed's trying to tell her something and, you know, sort of back and forth. She's sort of bouncing around. Uh, between them and then you know the, having the next scene be her caught in the middle of a windstorm it, it, it's kind That's of true. a metaphor yeah. for the mm-hmm. same thing you know this idea of just being you know all this stuff is going on around me and that's sort of like a physical manifestation of she's that just, she's just kind of going through the motions mm-hmm. yeah the beginning and mm-hmm. yeah and you can see where she's kind of fallen into the little I don't know, like housewife kind of rut routine where she's like strict, you know, to her kid about video games and, you know, is that the TV on? And Mm -hmm. even like chastising him for chewing gum. Like, what's that about? (laughs) Come on. Right. I mean, it's (laughs) so weird. Too much sugar or something. I don't know. That's where I kind of, right. (laughs) That's where I get like, she's just kind of doing what she knows, what she thinks to do do and mm-hmm. she's not really being fully herself and on his side I-, I feel like he doesn't feel like he's even worthy of her mm-hmm. yeah i think that's very true i think you especially get that in in the video camera yeah, i love that scene. Uh, scene with them yeah he he's just kind of like i i you know you do you even know how beautiful you yeah. are you know that exactly and i don't think she does that's the thing yeah I don't think I'm not for sure that she does. And that's maybe kind of part of it. To me, that is the hottest scene in the movie, too. I, to me, <laughs> I know that you disagree, but I don't find this. I don't disagree. Movie, I think it's sexy. <laughs> I think she's I don't find the, either movie to be titillating, I guess. You know what oh I mean? God. Every shot of Diane Lane is titillating to me because <laughs> she's so gorgeous. Well, <laughs> but uh, I get it. Sure. Yeah. I, I, guess, I guess I, I don't. <laughs> I don't think of them as, as I mean, eyes wide shut is cold. So I mean, it's I don't think it's yes. supposed to be sexy. Um, no. Where whereas this one, I, I guess even some of the sex scenes, I mean, even the ones with Paul, I, I don't know. There's something about them that that feels like manipulation. 
you know. I don't get that. <laughs> oh, yeah. he's totally, he's saying all these things to her to get her solely for the purpose of wanting to fuck her. I mean, that's to me. Right, but she does too. She wants to. I think Paul actually does care about her in a way. I don't see it. Really? I do not see it. <laughs> I, I, I don't think he cares about her at all. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I think all he's interested in with her is she's attractive and he wants to get his dick wet. That's what I think is going on with Paul. I don't see that. <laughs> okay. I, yeah. I see it as a little, maybe it's not anything like serious, you know, no. between them. Maybe it's just like a, he's enjoying the fling, but I don't think he is entirely un, unfeeling. Well, I have a feeling he's enjoying a fling with several other people. Well, maybe. <laughs> It's you know. possible. It's possible he's a complete liar. Yeah, um, and he's when she asked like, you know, how many girlfriends have you had? And he's like, only two. And he's twenty eight, and he's fucking gorgeous. Well, yeah. Like, I mean, that, yeah. I mean, that could totally be true. But uh, was the woman that she saw him with just a friend? I don't think so. You don't think so? <laughs> uh, uh-uh. I don't. I really don't think he's he's not as important as. Connie, no, he's her, not. Connie herself he's not. in the relationship. No, you know? no, not at all. Not he at honestly all. doesn't even matter. It can be anybody. He's a little bit of a, I don't know if caricature is quite, is the right word. I mean, he's, he's not he's too really, perfect. I mean, he, yeah, yeah. It's something like that. It's, it's like he's, he's solely there for the purpose of being the conflict in a way. He's just kind of, uh, I mean, and, and that's not, I'm not saying that as a criticism. I'm saying that as, I think that's the way it's supposed to be. I think he's he's not really what she wants. She thinks she wants something like that, maybe. But physically, yes. But but there's like nothing else there, you know? I see him also just as a catalyst for her uh, sexual liberation. Sure. Like I said, like her just being kind of content. And especially like the way that she acts around him when they first meet on that windy day, mm-hmm. they run into each other on the street, literally, and he um, yeah. takes her up to uh, his apartment to, you know, she's got, she's hurt her knee and everything. He, she acts like, um, like such a shy, nervous, like clumsy little mm-hmm. like teenager or like immature sure. girl. I think she, uh-huh. she's obviously no stranger to sex. She's married and she has a kid, you know. So, yeah. Um, yeah. but she still is very. Uh, unsure of herself in that way it's like she has like and I Mm -hmm. can understand that in a way like what he brings out on her is something that is pretty powerful and I can understand her yeah um, yeah oh yeah there's no drawn to it oh yeah of course of course yeah there's no there's no doubt that she's yeah it it makes sense there's nothing inorganic about her at Mm -hmm. all I mean that's I I, I'm I'm not I don't think I'm conveying what I mean very well. It's just it's it's just this idea that because he's played the character is played well, it's written well, and all that. I think it's actually supposed to be a little bit vapid, <laughs> you know, uh, a little bit like this uh, beautiful package and sort of like the appearance of substance, but there's not really much there. You know, mm-hmm. uh, or some I mean, something along those lines. I mean, I don't know. even learn that much about him. Like she doesn't know anything about no, him, really. and she realizes, you yeah. know, by the yeah. end after he's gone. Yeah, he does not. He's, and and I, like I said, I mean, it's, I'm not. I'm not. It's it's actually, I think the point. I I don't think it's. Mm-hmm. I I don't think it's a negative. It, it's 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 key that Paul be a little bit of a 
non... So that she doesn't get too attached non, to him. I, I don't want to... Yeah. I think that's yeah. why like, the end is so... Mm-hmm. Uh, it works so well, too. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Because because what they have is got real substance behind it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Whereas this is much more... It's about the physicality of it all. Yeah. I mean, all, all they ever do is have sex. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, <laughs> or it's, it's all about it's sensuality and stuff is very oh, important God. to this movie too. Oh, and like um, you mentioned that, like it's so much about the senses that there's so much, mm-hmm. especially touch. I mean, obviously yeah. Yeah. Um, and those early scenes, like just that, and Adrian Lynn is so good at these, at the, that shot of him brushing her neck, like taking yes. her coat off. Mm-hmm. That's, that's incredibly hot. <laughs> to me, yeah, and also, something like that. And also, the, the Braille. Braille book. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. It gets across that, like, like I said, like she's kind of a little bit um, in her shell in that way, like hasn't fully explored that part of herself, the sexual side of herself. And like, right. he's very, he's obviously very good at seduction. Like yes. even just those little Which touches. Which is what makes me think this is something that he does on the regular. Possibly. You know that, which is why I yeah. say, yeah, I, no, I get it. I think there's a manipulative element to it. I, I really do. I see that in every scene that where she's trying to say no, mm-hmm. I'm not going to be part of this, and then he just kind of gives these subtle clues and subtle nudges to 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 get her to that point. And, and it's not that she doesn't want to do it. I That's, know. It's not I'm, rape. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. Right. I'm not saying that at all. But there is, you know, it's like, come on, you know, you this is what you're after and it's true she is after that and and so it's it's not something nefarious right but it it, i think there is an element of manipulation in the way he interacts with her because he knows how to push her buttons Mm. and yeah i guess seeing it from like what how i'm seeing it i definitely see obviously the the positive and the negative sides for her of like what she's doing like it's very positive this is actually Mm -hmm. probably a good thing you know like that this part of her is coming up. Obviously, it's also incredibly negative because she's cheating, and it could destroy. It could her destroy everything, and- <laughs> right? Yeah, but I get what you're saying. I, I understand. I, I I need to backtrack a little bit though. Mm-hmm. That windstorm is like nuts. I mean, it's it is. crazy. You know, it's it's extreme. And then Charlie later says. You know, he does this whole, it's a twister, it's a twister thing. Mm-hmm. Is this movie The Wizard of Oz? Has, <laughs> she's, has she been lifted up out of her life into a fantasy world? You know? I mean, and the fan- the fantasy world, I mean, it's a real world. Yeah. I mean, it's not a literal fantasy world, but it's this world with this guy. Mm-hmm. You know, she's. it's like, you know, she's not in Kansas anymore kind of situation. Sure. Because I actually think there are references to The Wizard of Oz in both of these movies. Okay. <laughs> and I just had to point that out. <laughs> and I just wondering what you think. I, I did not think anything like that, so I don't I don't know. Um but yeah, the that windstorm does feel very very exaggerated. Um yes. in a way. Like it's uh, definitely yeah, like you were saying, like it stands for something else mm-hmm. in a way, because like, like, how often is it really that windy? <laughs> Unless there literally is a tornado it, yeah. or a hurricane going on. It's yeah. just, it feels just more like foreboding and like a, a sign of, you know, bad things to come, which it is. It's what uh, yeah. puts everything in motion. But 
What, what what else is there about the Wizard of Oz in the movie, though? Just the, that's really the. End. That's it. <laughs> I mean, it's just okay. Yeah, I mean that that was really the main thing. Is is this whole idea? But you know, there there is a sense of you know going back home too, mm-hmm. oh, um, really? in the last section. But yeah, I, this this is only the those couple of things. Whereas Eyes Wide Shut, I think there's actually a few. But the the fact that he directly quotes the Wizard of Oz, it's a twister, it's a twister, just made me think. <laughs> You know, I I wonder if there's an element of, you know, this idea that she is dropped into this fantasy Mm -hmm. um, because of the tornado, (laughs) as it were. (laughs) And in that Um, same scene. And then and then clicks her heels and goes home at the end in a manner of speaking, because it's but but it's dark. I mean, there's darkness waiting when she gets home and she has to deal with that, too. Absolutely. And that same scene, too, you can see there's another like kind of little line that i i caught that made me think that she was looking for this kind of she was having a midlife Mm. crisis phase like she was looking for like when she says something about how when she's talking about how she fell down she says like uh took me down like an old lady so she was so she's Mm -hmm. feeling her age she's not maybe not feeling the desirability of of herself anymore even though richard gear like um or ed sorry um Mm -hmm. has that line like you don't like you just don't know like how beautiful you are do you and i don't think that's what i'm saying like i don't think she does i don't think she realizes like the that kind of i don't want to say like that kind of power that she has but that's i think yeah i think maybe her is what makes him feel insecure anyway because there's all these there's like all these like subtle looks that he he gives her in the and then these beginning scenes um uh, and like he says at the end like he knew something was off like from the he knew from the very first day that she was having an affair like he didn't know exactly what it was mm-hmm. but he knew something was wrong and i think it's it's in those those little scenes where he's feeling something about himself like it can just i can just see in those looks that he gives her that he's that he's thinking like i looked out like i, I have to keep her happy mm-hmm. or i'm gonna lose her and i i don't want to lose her yeah he feels unworthy of her. he definitely sure. feels unworthy of her which is why he's trying to i think compensate for it through you know sort of prestige in his business mm-hmm. and um you know the the money you know it's like hey sh- i moved you out here to the suburbs should we just go back should we go back to the city and he always wants and, to make her know, that try- she's happy wants her to be happy which uh, is is interesting element uh of this movie too and that scene where she goes to um see him at work mm-hmm. too like first of all she brings him a present i think to appease her guilt because she hasn't um yeah she hasn't had sex with paul yet but she was she's thinking about it majorly that's yeah. after the the braille scene you can kind of you yeah. see the two different sides of of Ed in that too because for the most part like at home and in whenever he's with her like for one thing I love that um that hug that they share in this scene it's just like one of those uh, it goes on a little bit longer than just a, a hello hug you know sure and I always I always notice stuff like that where um, they're both kind of trying to hold on to something in that in that scene too but again sure. you see um that he's mostly kind of meek and like mild mannered around um like around her and at home but like when he gets on the phone um about work stuff he's like really aggressive and demanding so you see that other side of him uh-huh. which is comes important <laughs> later on um mm-hmm. i just that's what really kind of struck me this time about this movie was just his his subtle performance richard gear in the, these earlier scenes yeah. or just like 
every look that he gives her is, is saying so much and i i don't know i had never caught on as much to that before yeah i think it's beautiful like when he's uh when she's washing dishes and she's mm-hmm. only thinking about paul at that moment like only thinking about like wanting to get with him i don't know he's just always looking at her like something something is going on and i, I know something is wrong and is it me am i not good enough am i not making yeah. her happy and that just kind of kills me this time yeah, I think so. And you know, one of the things that uh I hadn't that this kind of goes back to your previous point more than than that one, but when he says to her, "You don't know how beautiful you are." They've been together 11 years. Mm-hmm. They've been married 11 years. You hear those kinds of things from someone that you've been with that long. It, it can stops it can lose meaning. some of its power. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's like like when my wife says, you know, that I'm handsome. I get self-conscious, honestly. I'm like, nah, no. Yeah. And she she can absolutely be believing that. And I will just be like, no. But if I heard it from someone, some stranger, right. I'd probably go, hey, oh, okay. Thanks. <laughs> you know, yeah. it, it, it's it's, a, it's just it. a weird fact of human nature, I think, where, where we just go like, the people that like, well, yeah, that's because you're stuck with me. Us. Yeah, <laughs> of course yeah, you say. The, of course you're going right, to say that. Right, right, yeah. <laughs> right. So the people that actually care about us, that actually, those when those things will more likely have true, deeper meaning, we tend to disbelieve that. Mm-hmm. Whereas oh, yeah. a stranger saying it, we might be more inclined to believe it. It's very strange. I, I, I it's it's totally true. I think there's yeah, there's something that's playing into that here because I mean, she's like, oh, this gorgeous man thinks i'm attractive mm-hmm. you know I, th- I think that's that's an element here Absolutely. too because she's feeling unattractive i think because like you said she's feeling old and i i she should not feel unattractive because she's a Are knockout obviously <laughs> and you know i mean richard Gere. i mean is a handsome guy i mean he's i think too i mean oh, I, yeah. I'm, I i don't know for sure but sure <laughs> that's what my impression <laughs> You know, even even, you know, as as a kind of a striking older man, you know, and yeah, absolutely it's, it's just yeah. And, and you just go it, the insecurities that even these people are right. Feeling. What hope is there for the rest of us? Right? <laughs> Diane Lane in this movie feels unattractive. Right. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I, she can do no, seriously, I was, you know, that family guy thing with Chris and that guy at the store, you know, watch family guy, (laughs) it's where they like, they talk about like hot uh, scenes in in movies, but they know him like down to the timestamps. So I was like, yeah, there's a great shot of Diane Lane's ass at like, it's like 46 minutes, 34 seconds in <laughs> to the movie. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah. Literally, every, her in a pair of jeans is hot. Her in, you know, her in a dress is yeah, hot. Yeah. She, uh, yeah. So if she's feeling that way, like, I, yeah, there's no hope for the rest of us. But uh, so her performance, also, back, yeah, her yeah. performance is phenomenal in this movie. More, mostly in this um the first sex scene between the two of them is amazing yeah, for, the way that this plays out it's totally unexpected yeah the way that it plays out because it's not like i mean it is in a way the the it's, it's not like a finally we're just gonna 
do it and it's like super hot and they just like clash together and fuck no it's like right, it's right. very emotional and intense yeah and uh-huh. i yeah, loved yeah, the yeah. way that that this was done um i'm just i'm fascinated by this scene and her performance in it for, for me it, it's her on the train yeah oh, that absolutely. really yeah, makes both, that scene it's both of it yeah yeah it's both yeah, that I, scene just opposed with her on the train where She's she's, she's she's giddy as a, as a as you know a, a woman who's just been with someone for the first time you know it's sort of a like uh-huh. a virgin moment I guess but then at the same time you can see the guilt on her face I mean she's oh, just God. like going back and forth between these and sometimes on both at the same time you know in, in these these emotions that are just ripping her apart she's laughing yeah. and crying and she's giddy oh. and excited and hating herself and yeah feeling feeling that guilt and wanting to go back to him immediately i think Uh at the same time all of that is happening at the same time yeah i can just imagine yeah like shooting watching her just play that out like Mm -hmm. on set it would probably would have been incredible because i mean they obviously don't have the other scene to to juxtapose it with um which makes it even more powerful the way that her crying uh, as they're not really crying, but just feeling really nervous and, and guilt and the, the way her stomach shakes it just kills me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's yeah. amazing. <laughs> and her just being able to play out that scene on the train. Uh, like that's yeah. why didn't she win an um, award for this? My God, come on. Well, this one, uh, didn't, this movie, as I recall, sort of led to, under the Tuscan sun. I mean, she kind of had her moment there uh, around this movie because her performance is that good. Yeah. Yeah. And she, you know, I love I mean, under the Tuscan sun. Yeah. It's a nice movie. Um, I haven't, I, I, my wife particularly likes that movie, but yeah. I adore that movie. Um, they, this, this montage that they have, this sort of double life montage in here is, is really interesting too. Cause I mean, you know, it's the, mm-hmm. her with, with her husband and with her son. And then they're, they're doing similar things, you know, Paul and Connie. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, it's, they're it's, at Charlie's birthday party, kind of playing yeah. around, wrestling around. And then it's her and Paul wrestling around on wrestling the bed. Around, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Super. I also absolutely love that shot of her sitting in the chair with her hand down her pants. It's so, that's so sexy to me with him just yeah, watching yeah, her. Yeah. I'll, I'll, Something I'll, like I'll, that yeah. is really, really sexy to me. <laughs> then, you know, like Paul draws the, that, little design like a key yeah. on her hip sort of pointing down <laughs> what um, is that what that is or is it like a flower is he saying it's a flower he's oh, like he draws a flower, a flower right. it's, with it's an it's arrow a flower. towards mm-hmm. her crotch <laughs> when when she fly finds it in the bath it's like oh my gosh and, and, and ed's out there and you know she's washing it off and stuff like that mm-hmm. but even before that you know um ed's employee you know sees them in the sees her and Paul in the cafe. And I mean, there's just sort of, you know, these things that start happening that, that are like, mm-hmm. something's going to give it away. Something's oh, going to yeah. give it away, which we know. I mean, we, I think we know that the moment the affair starts, you know, that something's going to give this away. Oh, absolutely. Um, <laughs> she's, she's out at, to lunch with her college friends and <laughs> goes in the bathroom and has sex with Paul. <laughs> um, you know, I know I'm, I'm skipping over some things. I'm yeah. Sure, but yeah. I think he has that first suspicion when um, they keep talking about this school auction that she's working on that right, um, yeah. she's talking to people about. And when she or he um, 
talks to somebody that she supposedly you know spoke to he says that that never happened so he has this little um suspicion going on and mm-hmm. he wants to talk to her about it you know this is after she plays this really well too i don't know how because she's just had sex with paul and cheated on her husband like she plays out this scene because he asked her specifically like dancing around what he really wants to ask her and um, he just asked do you love me out of the blue, you know, when she's like, you know, do you need anything, you know, for a head up to bed or something? And, you know, you would think that that would, you know, push her into ending it right there. Because I think, I think she feels the suspicion in that. But yeah. I wish she would just, it's another thing with like communication. Like you really wish that they would just talk to each other more than they do. I wish that he would. That is a, I yeah. totally mm-hmm. wish that he needs to reveal his insecurities to her. Yeah. And she needs to reveal like, I don't know exactly what it is like that. Um, the not feeling desirable or just not, maybe not feeling the passion in their relationship anymore. They just need to talk to each other about that kind of stuff. You know, <laughs> maybe none of this would have ever mm-hmm. happened. That's the really sad thing is like they have that kind of bond. You find out that they have that kind of bond at the end that they totally really do that if they They had if they had talked about it. That's what makes the ending really sad to me. Really, really profound, too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they say that's the biggest marriage killer is the lack of communication. Just the fact that and I guess I didn't really think about the fact that they just don't really talk. They to don't. each other. They just, they just talk at each other until that ending scene, don't they? They talk about you know? really mundane things. Or at least, yeah. he, and he tries yeah. to, like like I said, when he just kind of blurt, but he doesn't do it the right way, I think. He just kind of blurts no. out things like, you know, do you love me? He's like, are you happy here? Should we move back to the city? And she's like, what are you talking about? Like, where is this coming mm-hmm. from? They need to mm-hmm. just have, sit down and have a real conversation, I think, is really what's going on. I, I yeah, absolutely. And like you said, with the diner scene um, where they, or he, uh, she and Paul go up to the diner and that's where Bill sees them. Right. I mean, it's just like all these little things that are, are happening that like should stop her from from doing this. And then I also see that in the, the next scene when the, the bath scene, um, because yes. I, I wonder what's going, what do you think is going on? Because that's when she finds, you know, the marker thing on her on her mm-hmm. hip. I mean, I'm wondering what exactly she's thinking because he's trying to start something with her, obviously, you know. Um, but is it because she's s- thinking about Paul so much that sh- maybe she doesn't feel turned on by him anymore, or that she's uh, is just afraid of being found out in that way? Because I think she's afraid of being found out because I mean, because the like the drawing doesn't come all the way off. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I think. Something fresh and new and exciting is what's got her right now, and there's a bit of obsession, I imagine, going on there. Oh, yeah. You know, honestly, if she, if they did sleep together during that scene, her mind would be elsewhere. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> I like, because think. uh, yeah. he's actually trying in that scene, and she's just, yeah. uh, she's not feeling it. Yeah, I think I think there's the guilt. I think there's the fear of being found out. But I also think it's the familiarity. It's like you're mm-hmm. too familiar to me. You're not what I want right now. Yeah, I want this new exciting thing. Yeah. And then there's uh, the more suspicion when he again, he does keep trying, but she's so she's so deep in the, this now that she doesn't maybe she's not really seeing um his suspicions or him him trying to communicate with her when he tries to make lunch plans you know with her and she obviously wants to go see paul 
So she lies mm-hmm. about like getting a facial and like that's when um, like he calls and he he knows that you know she lies to, she's lied to him about it. Um, yeah, and that's when um, she runs into uh, Tracy and Sally, who I absolutely love those two actresses. Like they're those yeah. are two people that like I, I don't know their names. <laughs> she, they're one of the, like that girls, you know, like um, or you don't sure. know their names, but you've seen them in so much stuff, and they're always great. I especially love um, uh, Sally from Planned Parenthood. <laughs> Right. Why do you always have to introduce me as Sally from Planned Parenthood? <laughs> I love that. Uh, that that actress is one that I I'm like I know I've seen I that know person. I've seen her I in just, so many yeah. things. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and again, it's another sign of trying to. It's like fate intervening when she's on her way to go see Paul. Like, and then they yeah. actually have that conversation about you know having an affair. Like Tracy, that Tracy had had an affair. Because Sally is like, oh, yeah, like, I would totally fuck that guy if he asked me. And, like, my family wouldn't have to know about it. It could just be something I'm doing for me, which is probably what Connie is feeling. Like, that's what yeah. she's doing. Like, this is just for me. It's like, maybe it, it doesn't have to be that bad. I can end it any time. But Tracy kind of reveals that she had had an affair. And, like, she says, like, they always end disastrously. Like, very mm-hmm. <laughs> foreboding statement again. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I was thinking of this this morning. This movie, to me kind of speaks a little bit to previous Adrian movie, uh, Fatal Attraction, uh, especially with its original ending, <laughs> without without the tacked on, you know, studio, big, <laughs> crazy ending that they put onto it. Um, so I, I think that there there is these ideas, except this is, you know, from the woman's perspective mm-hmm. uh, for so much of it. And there is that it's an interesting through line. You know, Adrian Lynn, known for these sexy movies, <laughs> makes these movies about how d- affairs end <laughs> disastrously. Yep. You know? uh, I find I find that really fascinating. The last one wasn't exactly my favorite. Ugh, gotta say, Deep Water. Fatal Attraction. No. Oh, Deep Water. I haven't seen. I, yeah, I, I haven't seen Deep Water. My criticism of Deep Water was that it's no unfaithful. <laughs> Got it. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, I think my, it has the I potential think my to cri- be. Ugh. I think my criticism of Fatal Attraction is it's no unfaithful. Really? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I wish they would release just a director's cut of it with the original ending. I think it's far better. Even Glenn Close didn't want to shoot the ending that they put on the movie, mm-hmm. and it's kind of you know I seen it, that it, so it would long. make it it would make it a more real story to me. Whereas now it feels very sensational um, the way it is. You know, I think it's more true. And that's why I love this movie's ending so much. Mm -hmm. It is daring, but it's quiet. I mean, and that to me makes it more daring than just tacking on some kind of Hollywood, you know, test screening ending, you know. Absolutely. But that's a long way. Right. We're, we're a long <laughs> way out from the ending here. So right. we got lots to go. Another scene that I love, the way that it plays out, is right after this scene with her and Tracy and Sally, because no matter what, despite what she's heard and talking about that very much pertains to what she's doing right now, she still goes to see Paul. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, but I kind of love the way that that plays out where uh, he's undressing her. Like, they're obviously still going to do it because she's I – because mean, also – this could also be kind of like an addiction type of thing in a way. Oh, sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I can see that. The, but the whole time that he's he's doing it because she's, she's totally like, yeah, we're, we're going to fuck. Let's just – uh, undress me like because this is what we do now but the whole time she's talking about you know how 
how excited she is like when she thinks about going to see him. But the last thing that she says is that like, when I know I'm going to come and see you, I am calm and hating myself. So Hmm. what does she say exactly? I wish I could get tired of you is what she says. Like, right. There's definitely that feeling of of it being an addiction, you Mm -hmm. know, because there's no doubt about it. Drugs or alcohol at a certain, at the beginning, especially, I think can make people feel excited and alive and all these things. It's over time and it's, it wears them down and Mm -hmm. sucks them dry and destroys them ultimately, you know, and I, I think that's definitely a way of reading this movie that's pretty powerful because even when they're when they kiss and at the end of that scene and they're obvious again obviously gonna do it she looks like she's gonna cry (laughs) like she doesn't want to do it and she wants to do it at the same time yeah because she can't stop herself at this point yeah i think so Uh, we even find out in the in the the last scene with the last sex scene they have which you know is in the hallway i mean it's the same kind of thing she's like no no yes yes you know i mean it's sort of like you know in singing in the rain no no no. (laughs) i'm i'm joking it's nothing like that but i mean you know but it's it's a weird scene to me because he's seen he's just like you know you want it and she's like no i she's saying she doesn't but she does her she's like oh yeah i mean she starts pulling down her panties and everything i mean again it's not it's not rape in 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 any sense i mean that's not what i'm trying to imply it's just she but she is you know expressing that it's like her mind and her body are want two different things yes and 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 lane plays that so well yeah you know i think it's the same as in their their first sex scene when she is so guilt-ridden the whole time but she's still she wants to and doesn't want to i think what it's it's again it's just about like what he brings out in her that she's addicted to something Mm -hmm. she's never experienced before because she says like she said i can't do this i mean it's wrong but also i don't know how to do this and right. she doesn't mm-hmm. know how to tap That's in. an interesting phrase to use, too. Yeah, because what she's talking, I think what she's talking about is, like, she doesn't know how to just let go and, like, go. tap into that raw sexual side of her. And that's what he's mm-hmm. brought out. And that's what she's yeah. addicted to, like, experiencing. Mm-hmm. And I think, think it's the same in the, the final scene because it's their final sex scene together. Is, it's right. I, I like this too much to, to let you go, but I know that it's wrong. And my, yeah, mm-hmm. my head and my body are telling me two different things. Yeah. I love that scene. Yeah, I, yeah. I know, I know what you mean about it not being like entirely like it can be a little off putting, but to me, that is so fucking hot. That's in this. Yeah. In the I stairwell. don't find it hot at all. I was, I just, <laughs> I was just, just like, I think just because yeah. it is so raw and passionate uh, sure, sure, is what kind of gets yeah. me about it. Uh, sure. But there's also like the emotion on her because yeah. when she's saying, yeah, I do. And but again, you can see that she's wanting to cry and again, hating herself for what she's doing, but she still wants it. And that's just that's the conflict for her the whole time. She can't. It is. Uh-huh. She can't. She definitely needed to be found out is a thing. Yeah, yeah, and um, you know, Ed does this whole thing. He goes on the business trip, and and while he's gone, you know, the the private investigator mm. um, is getting the pictures of her and Paul together. You know, the, the sex in the movie theater is pretty 
pretty hot. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> right? I, I, I'll go with that. Yeah, I, I think that's yeah. But you know, it's it's just this. Uh, the we as an audience know that she's going to get found out. Oh yeah. But then, well, this whole sequence is interesting because you know, like she forgets to pick up Charlie from mm-hmm. school. There's an element like she's losing her sense of responsibility. Yeah. And Charlie is even like, oh, it's okay. <laughs> you know, and which probably makes her feel worse. Yeah. He's much more willing to forgive her than she's willing to forgive herself. Mm-hmm. And there's a little shot of her after that, too. I think, yeah, where the guilt is finally um, weighing on her enough to where she's going to hopefully going to end it um, is when she's just sitting there like crying and smoking at the dinner table. Like, yeah. Also, there's like fast food there in front of mm-hmm. them. So again, it's another one of those. Yeah, it's like I'm, I'm neglecting, of, uh, I'm neglecting uh, my family and my responsibilities. Not mm-hmm. that that's a woman's responsibility for dinner or whatever, but you know what I mean. It's like I'm, yeah, neglecting I mean, the, the things the, that the, the agreed would, upon things in that particular relationship. Yeah. I guess. I mean, he's gone on a trip during mm-hmm. that time, supposedly, right? <laughs> or is he actually gone? Or that's or what not? I'm wondering. You know, <laughs> like, where actually yeah. is he? But also in that same scene, Charlie's like, uh, when she says, you know, mommy's just a little bit sad. And Charlie thinks it's because, uh, you know, don't worry, daddy's going to be home soon. She thinks it's because Ed's gone, but that's gone. not at all why she said, you know? Right. And then, like, there's also yeah. when she's just, another scene that kind of gets to me because, God, I've had this moment a lot when she just starts crying in the grocery store. Mm-hmm. Ugh. That kind of yeah. that kind of gets me like just you're trying to do something normal and just realizing you know what what you're really doing. There's just like, nothing normal happening yeah. in your life. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that's when she catches him with the other woman. So you don't think yeah. um, with Paul, you don't think oh. that that's just a friend. Uh, I, I, I don't <laughs> think so. I really don't. I don't know. I don't really. I care. mean, it's it's open to that interpretation, and you know, obviously can have friends uh, that's not the issue i just get the sense that the guy's just a lothario he's just that kind of guy you know i i think that's part of what excites her about him is that he's sexual and sure. you know kind of and you know she finds out later that he's freaking married <laughs> you know separated separated <laughs> separated yeah. but i mean how long has it been you know i mean it's just like i don't know there's a lot that he's not telling her yeah that's true that's the sense that i get i guess i never just i guess. i never thought about that about him before mostly because i think again that he's such a non-issue really like it could have been anybody else and she doesn't oh, yeah. really care about like she acts like totally you know jealous when she sees him with somebody else like who is she am i but it's mostly because of how she's feeling about herself like oh i'm just another conquest like this right this doesn't mean anything like not this but she i think that's what she wants she doesn't want it to mean anything it can't mean anything or else that will be even more destructive right that's true Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so i mean after the stairwell sex scene i think it when Ed goes to the apartment, when he sees after he sees the photos and mm-hmm. all that, this is where there's a big shift. I mean, you really you you kind of leave Connie for a while, yeah. and you it really shifts to Ed. Yep. Um, and this scene with Paul in the apartment, yeah, that's that, this is some of the best acting that I think yeah. uh, 
Richard Gere has ever done. I, I know. mean, it, it's it's really powerful. Um, all Again, of this. Again, not know. playing out like you expected. It's not no. like a big blow up of like him uh, verbally attacking Paul. And Paul mm-hmm. should be a lot more scared. I'm just saying. He should never have <laughs> invited him in, you know. <laughs> There's a shot later in the movie where I just kind of realize how... Because I never think of Richard Gere as like a big guy. But there's this shot where he's standing in the shadows in in the doorway at the house. And he just looks huge. He looks scary. I mean, he looks like a gorilla. (laughs) And you kind of get a sense of that here, too, in the scene. Because Paul seems so much smaller than him. Uh Both in uh, physical size, but also just in, I don't know, there's something like in character even. Well, again, I think think (laughs) you're also reminded of... He's not just this mild-mannered guy. He does have that other side of him that can come out that we saw earlier in the movie. Mm-hmm. And that's I think that's what's kind of driving even the tension. Even when he fires, yeah, when he when fires, he fires Bill, Bill, too. Yeah. I think that's what's kind of mostly driving the tension in the scene. It's like, okay, yeah. is he going to lash out and how and when, <laughs> you know? Um, but yeah. I love that it's mostly just him, like, just calmly asking him questions again like asking him questions about like his insecurity in a way like not Uh because it's all about does she likes this apartment like does she like this more than our house which by the way house porn in this movie i love their house oh my god well and and, and that's (laughs) after is it isn't it after this that he talks about you know maybe we should have uh, uh-huh. You want to go back to the city and all that so, yeah. stuff. You know, the, some of those kinds of questions yeah, arise. I, I mean, think so. All that insecurity. I mean, he's because he's he's hiding. He's hiding the fact that he knows from her, mm-hmm. you know, uh, for so long, which which makes those endings makes. Uh, honestly, it makes after Paul is killed. I mean, it's frankly, I think the most interesting stuff in the movie, because uh-huh. just this this lack of communication between the two. She's like. Does he know? Does does she know? I know. Does you know all of that happening uh-huh. at the same time? I think that I that is that's my favorite section of the movie. You know, going all the way to the end there, it's tense. You know, how is he going to do? It? You know, they're sitting there and the siren goes off. You know, all, <laughs> they're just sitting yes, there and they hear a police that. siren. I love that and, part. And, yeah, and it has nothing to do with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, all that is so good. But I mean, I'm getting ahead of myself here. But um, stop doing that. We're still, I, I, we're still on that, this that scene. Part, <laughs> that part where, he's, where, he, where he says, what, you talk about me? Yeah, exactly. Oh, oh that, that, that part. That pisses like, him off. You, you have the gall to bring me into uh-huh. your tryst, you know? I think that is, that's devastating uh-huh. because he doesn't know a thing about Paul. Right. Paul, he hasn't heard a thing about him. It's like she never brought you into what we have, but she brought me into what you have. How dare you? Well, she did, but she just yeah. omitted. <laughs> right, exactly. She she does mention the guy that helped her when she fell down, but sure. she obviously omitted a lot of things. A lot of things. A lot of things. But yeah, like every everything is just uh, just picking at him a little bit more. Every little mm-hmm. thing that he learns, like oh, she like does she like this apartment? She likes this neighborhood. And Paul says uh, more exciting than the suburbs. And just the the look that he gives, he's like seriously, <laughs> right. Like right, he, that pisses him off too. Yeah, it's like I moved, I moved my family to somewhere that's They'll safe and secure for a child. Yeah, it's like mm-hmm. you know, you don't have children, you don't know what it's like. <laughs> you know that kind of idea. And just that, um, 
when he steps into the other room and just that him looking at the bed, you know, mm-hmm. like knowing what's happened there and then finding the, the snow globe. Yes. That she gave to him because uh, Con- Connie and Ed apparently collect snow globes from, yes. you know, every place that they've traveled and they have one from Chicago and it says the Windy City and it's like a little figurine of a man and a woman inside the snow globe. So obviously it makes her think of Paul. Mm-hmm. But it actually becomes really interesting how important that snow globe is. Yes. At the, toward that end stuff. Uh-huh. <laughs> Again, um, he finds that and it's like, this is something that, I gave to her and yeah. she gave it to you. Like, oh, yeah. like that, that's kind of the end. That's when he, <sighs> that, I love the way he plays this uh, out too. It's like, no, again, not how that getting plays mad, out just, just I feel gut wrenching. <laughs> yeah. Not <laughs> yeah. like getting mad and like blowing up and, and hitting him, but just like, I feel sick. And he, yeah, he just kind of bonks him. You know, he's just like, it's just mm-hmm. it's, almost like unconsciously. Like, you know, yeah, there's, there's no, it's it's a reflex action almost and and it's not it's not like a big he falls over it's all of a sudden he just kind of his head starts bleeding the blood pouring yeah. out onto yeah. his hands i love the way that is that looks so cool yeah. um <laughs> but then yeah after this there's just all the whole and like the cleanup scene and... like the cleanup scene from psycho it's like <laughs> you know <laughs> The funniest part about this, though, is that he literally carries a body wrapped up in a rug, taped up outside on the street in New York, like in the middle of the day where somebody like asks him for help. <laughs> like, I know. <laughs> Seriously? No. <laughs> but maybe it's one of those like, oh, it's New York things. Like, no one's right. going to care or right. notice, you know. <laughs> well, like the elevator breaks, all that stuff. It's very Hitchcock. Uh-huh. I mean, that's like, that's oh, like, yeah. that's like uh, the the shower cleanup in psycho and uh, that all that kind of thing. Yeah. It's, it's, it's great. It's wonderfully done. And then, you know, that it's in the trunk with them while they go out to dinner and everything <laughs> is, is just kind of, I don't know. I, I think Hitchcock would have got a kick out of that. And then again, like with, yeah, the shifting narrative and now he's got something to feel guilty yeah. about when he tries to go and do normal family stuff. Cause that's when they go to see, um, Charlie's play. Yes. And I always love these things. I, there's something about parents watching their kids on stage in like one of these dorky school plays that is always like so fucking cute to me. Oh, I know. <laughs> Just the 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 pride and like yeah. that it's usually like something silly happens and you know, they screw up and but it's funny and like no one really cares if they're good or yeah. not. I just I love that, but it has so much more meaning in, in this one, obviously, because Connie has supposedly uh, she's starting to alleviate her guilt because at the end of the scene where uh, Ed has killed Paul is when she, he hears like she has called him and she uh, he hears her leave a message that and I really think that this would have been final like that I'm ending this now like we're not doing this anymore. But she said that several, several times, like throughout the movie. But I really think that that unfortunately had to happen, you know, when yeah. he was after he's killed Paul. But I really think that she meant it there. And like that this is her you know, turning. But yes, it, I, hap- I, it just happens yeah. at the same time mm-hmm. that he's turned that and he's... kind of done the same thing that exactly. she's done in a way. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh-huh. I love that. I yeah. love the way that plays out. That, that <laughs> I, I had forgotten about the message. But yeah, that message is so important because uh, mm-hmm. I, I really think that it's over at that moment uh-huh. and he knows it too you know uh-huh. ed ed just hears that and goes oh fuck yeah yeah 
And he also erases the evidence. He he, he wants to protect her, even there. I mean, that's mm-hmm. the beginning of him wanting to protect her, I think. Yeah. I mean, and then we get all sorts of complicated emotions yeah. going to the end but of the you film. Can s- yeah. Yeah, but you can see in that, that, her, that yeah, I think you can see in that scene, the, the play, like her realizing what she has yeah. and what she would have been giving up, mm-hmm. like watching him and the way that she, you know, holds his, uh, Ed's hand, yes. you know, watching their son on stage. And he's again, like he's just on the other side of it now feeling that guilt. And, um, uh, I think this movie is a lot more genius than I kind of thought it was. Yeah. <laughs> it, I mean, the way this that is it, the, it does things. This is the, he knows, but she doesn't know he knows section. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> you know, yeah. she's like, Oh, the, thank goodness that's all over. And I'm going to come back to reality now. And then the cops find out and the cops come and yeah, cause he's, Paul's been reported missing and they come to see Connie. Like he's, he's missed that, um, yeah, she her that Paul address had was her yeah. her name and phone number written down on a piece of paper mm-hmm. and his apartment. And just yeah, again with the just the way that they both find out essentially yeah. is really, really good in the in these last scenes. And for one, yeah. like I wish she's not very good with the cops for one thing. No, she's terrible. <laughs> she's such and a he, he she's tends, such... he's kind of protecting her there, you know. I know, from, but yeah. he's protecting her because yeah. she I think she would have done so much better <laughs> if she had just admitted that you know, he he was the one from that windy day. Like she would yep. have come off, she would have come off as so much more believable if she had just omitted the affair part and just instead of like lying about how they met and trying to lie, her watching her try to lie to him ed mm-hmm. about how they know each other yeah uh, it's like you're just <laughs> she's just digging her hole deeper yeah and i don't but i don't feel like he's hating her i think he's he's obviously he's giving her an opportunity to uh tell the truth yeah and like maybe is that what you kind of feel like yeah definitely. That if you would just mm-hmm. if you would just tell me like we could talk about it and maybe it would be okay because I also have this thing where I killed him. Yeah. And so we both have something that we need to hide. You know? Yeah. I, and, well, uh, the, 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 it's like neither of them wants to admit that they know that they know. Because, I mean, you have like, uh, you know, Connie finds the photos uh, in his coat uh, yeah. that the private investigator had taken. And, you know, they have that party and she sees the, the snow globe back. The snow and, globe is back. And, um, <laughs> yeah, that's the scene where she confronts him and, yeah, he's He's just, so scary. He, she's talking and he, yeah, she's just talking and he's standing there in the shadows mm-hmm. and she's asking, like, you know, what did you do? Did you hurt him? And this is where he gets an opportunity finally to let out, like, his emotions it's like I knew that's when he says, like, I knew from the first day that something was wrong. And that, uh, yeah. again, this is also kind of scary the way this plays out because you don't know exactly what he's going to do. Like, is he actually going to hurt scary. her well, in this he scene? Said, well, the, he says, <laughs> he literally I literally says, I didn't want to kill him. I wanted to kill you, which, you know, I think him saying that is a little bit like in 12 Angry Men. I'm going to kill you. Right. Uh, but you know, I don't think don't. he it would it's like that strong emotion of I felt like I could kill you in that moment, you know, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. And it's, oh, but it's chilling and it's, it's, very it's chilling. but, but at the same time you kind of get it. I, mean, I did at least. Well, I, was totally. like, I was like, I know he doesn't mean it entirely, you mm-hmm. know? So I, totally. I think, I think that the way gear plays that 
I, it's just striking to me how good that really is. I mean, it's because it's mm-hmm. in that moment. I don't think he he doesn't hate her. He's deeply wounded, you know. Right. But neither of them walks out the door. Yeah, <laughs> you know. And I think it's these. I think it's these scenes after after they they know everything pretty much. Yeah. And before the final scene, I think those are the most interesting little moments between them in yes. the whole movie. I. Fucking love these little moments between them. Like we said, finding the note inside oh, the man. snow globe. Well, this whole scene is, I, I, I know I said the ending <laughs> scene was my favorite. This might be, actually, because he's sitting with Charlie yes. at the piano. <laughs> She's like looking through the scrapbook. You know, it has her wedding photo. It's got, you know, a, a picture that Charlie drew. And, and then they hear the siren yes. outside. And both of them just kind of look at each other. And just, mm-hmm. it's like they're holding their breath and they're just waiting for it to pass. She picks up the snow globe. She opens it and she finds the note from Ed from who knows when. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's, it's when old. it's a picture of the three of them when Charlie was little. Yeah. And yeah. So it's like when he was maybe just from several years ago and he says not to uh, open it until their 25th anniversary. Yeah. And again, like they don't they don't have to say anything. Ah, well, he sees her get the picture <sighs> out and, and just just the look on his face. He sort of touches his head to the back of Charlie's head. It, yes. it, it's so it's so tender. It's, exactly. And it feels so real. It feels very like, you know, this is a father's moment, you know, and a husband's mm-hmm. moment. You know, it, it's nothing about that feels inauthentic <laughs> in any sense. And it's a beautiful scene. I mean, it's it's it like really it's like maybe our connection is that strong, you know, that we could get past this. Yeah, they're both slowly coming to the understanding, like together but separate, you know, just like without, yeah. without making a big deal, without like it's intimacy doing in over kid, a distance, which, yeah, yeah. And without uh, scaring their child, which I don't know how they don't just have all these like that's again, like not playing out the way you think it would, like they don't have these like big blow up argument no. moments about it. It's them just sort of slowly thinking about things and realizing you know, what they have and what they don't want to lose. Yeah. Uh, there's the shot of, there's a shot of her burning um, the, the photos yes. of her and Paul. And I, I love also another thing. I love this. What if thing that plays I out love in that her head. Too. It's so good. I love that so much. If From only when she you know, first, yeah. when she first met Paul, if only, cause you see in that first scene, um, when she, right before she goes up to Paul's apartment, you do see that there is a taxi that drives by that's that's open and ready for her, but she doesn't catch it. And she has this little, like, what if scenario that plays out in her head of, you know, what if I had just gotten in that taxi? Yeah. And not And she kind of looks thing. on Paul. him in that image. She, like, looks on him affectionately still. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, there's yeah. it's not... Again, it, it's an it's a fantasy. It's a, it's something that you yeah. can't. It's a moment that you can't get back. And there is, I think she did care about Paul. I mean, she I d- think so too. Uh, she she does. Yeah. Again, she's not very good at at hiding her emotions <laughs> in front of the police or her husband. Like finding out that this guy that she supposedly barely knew is dead, and you yeah. know she starts like crying on the porch about it. So I think there is. I think she does care about him, but not like Ed. Is just what it is. I think. I mean, she obviously cares about him as as a person that she spent time with and, and got to know, but it's it's not the connection that she has with it. It's not the same. It's, it's not, not as deep. It's not as important. Their connection is so solely physical. There's not the emotional. There's not the 
intellectual. There's not the um, sort of, I guess, spiritual uh, connections that that you develop with people over long periods of time. Those connections of memory and of life that are so deeply entwined with one another. And she doesn't have that with Paul. You know, it, it was physical. You know, which is important. Yeah. I mean, that's that's important too. I mean, it, of course, but uh, and and is a strong bond. I mean, like we said, uh, almost addictive in mm-hmm. in a sense. But it runs so much more. Yeah, it's so much. It runs so much more shallow than it does with Ed. I kind of get the sense though, like that probably her and Ed's sex life is going to be a lot better after this. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, it's it's like the end of Eyes Wide Shut. You know, because of this whole experience. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. I, I don't think they're going to have any problems anymore in that area. Well, it's just it's just like you know the what do you want? What do you need? You know, because he's always so concerned about what she needs, and apparently the one thing that he wasn't giving her that she needed was you know the physical side of it you know yeah he, he just felt inadequate that passion i think he lost. i think yeah. he felt inadequate to provide that to her maybe which yeah. the idea that richard gear feels uh <laughs> inadequate <laughs> to provide that is again what about the rest of us but you know hey uh, <laughs> Another just absolutely perfect moment between the two of them is at this auction that they've been talking about the whole movie. Right. And um, they start dancing together. And then there's the shot of them just kind of off by themselves. Again, with just like the un- the emotion that you see that so much that is being said that's unspoken, the way that they're just kind of like crying and, and, and holding each other. And ugh, that just absolutely kills me like that yeah. they're... They they're saying like I still love you and like I I don't want this to end I don't want what either one of us did to ruin what we have yeah <laughs> as horrible as what both of what they did was it, it, okay but then yeah. okay the last scene well I mean even before that Ed says you know I, I'm gonna turn myself in and and she says oh, yeah, yeah. no you know no one will know and he says the key line will know I, I think that is such an important those two words i mean we'll know uh i i think that is sort of what takes you right to that ending and at first it just seems like they're on a drive they're on the, they're driving on the way home charlie's in the back falling asleep but you know this conversation is like you know we'll go out to the shore we'll stay out on the beach and we'll fish right, all day we'll fish all day yeah. and before we we die we'll just ship ourselves out to sea we'll tell charlie that it's just an, an adventure that we're going yeah. on and we'll leave everything behind together yeah they're also stopped at a stoplight in front of a police station. But we don't see that till the last shot, though, right? I know. Yeah, and, I think that's I, I think because, really cool. I mean, after he says after he says that sounds perfect and they just sit there and then it goes to that distant shot and there's the police station. The light turns green and they stay. They're, and, they're still sitting there. Yeah. And my assumption is that he turns himself in after that scene. Really? Yeah. That that That's okay. why that's that's why I think that ending is particularly powerful i think that's the point they that he drove them to the police station and he's going to turn himself in Uh, i had a totally different thing yeah i had that maybe that they are going to do something similar to that like maybe that they're just going to go on still together still loving each other but i think that that shot of the police station is just kind of a foreboding thing it was just like 
but this thing is always going to be there and maybe it's yeah. always going to be a little crutch to their relationship. And, and I love that the movie keeps it ambiguous. You know, it so, doesn't. Yeah, it could go either way. Yeah. It, I, it, I, I, I thought that before. I was like, okay, does he, is, is yeah. that what they're doing? Like he's like, we're here. Let's just get it over with now. Like turn yourself in and get this. Uh, I don't know. Uh, could go either way. It's funny. Cause that's what I remember happening the first time I saw this, you know, like I said, 20 years oh, ago, really? I remember Richard Gere, you know, like actually getting out of the car and walking away from her into yeah. the station. But uh, obviously that doesn't happen. And I think that makes the credit roll over that car in the distance is just like, it really is powerful. That ending actually bumped this movie up half a star for me to four to a solid four, because I thought it's just that good mm-hmm. and it's so moving so that's unfaithful i think a movie that uh, sometimes gets lost in the discussion sometimes absolutely should not like i was saying i saw it for really surface level mm-hmm. things before and i liked it for <laughs> different reasons than i do now but now I, now I can see just how much it's doing very subtly to where you can almost you would almost like not even really pay attention to it or even notice it if you're because they make the other parts of the movie like so much more exciting and sexy that you don't really see the the heart of the the really like thing that can just tear you apart is like the mm-hmm. the relationship between the two of them between Connie and Ed. Yeah. The way that it plays out is just is so uh, again like not knowing how it, they really end up at, at the end like I I kind of want to believe that they're going to get through it together. <laughs> That's kind of how I like to look at the end mm-hmm. of the movie even though now I'm like I'm not sure. <laughs> I guess I'm just le- le- less optimistic. I, I, I think. Right? <laughs> I, I really think that. I mean, ultimately, his morality, you know, his his sense of duty, both of if theirs. you will, yeah, both of them, is going to say, you know what, I I have to own up to this. I mean, what kind of the we'll know, we would always know, and that would ultimately yeah. tear us apart. I, I think would would be worse to, to essentially have to live out their life on a lie. Uh, I mean, what, and I, I think you got to imagine also, I mean, I think of this as a father, I mean, what kind of role model does it make me to my son? You know, if sure. I, if I don't own up to what I'm responsible for, no. she, if he does turn himself in, like she wouldn't come out good either because no. they would have to reveal why he killed this seemingly random guy. Yeah. And so, her wrongdoings would come out too. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely love Unfaithful. I'm so glad we got to talk about it. Yay. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. It's always been a favorite and I'm seeing a lot more of it now, and which makes me love it even more. So I would give it five stars. Cool. All right. Okay. I currently have Baby Did a Bad, Bad Thing stuck in my head now. Um, so Why would that be? Because we are going to be talking about Stanley Kubrick's 1999 masterpiece, his final film, uh, starring Tom Cruise, Nicole Kidman, and a bunch of other people in smaller roles um, <laughs> in great cameos, honestly. Lots yes. of great cameos in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, Eyes wide shut. Yeah. Wow. I I hadn't like I said <laughs> I hadn't seen this in so long, and I remember just being really affected by it. I don't know, almost twenty years ago, but watching it again, I was just like, wow, Kubrick. Okay, think what you will about some of his methods, because um, some of them are disturbing. But my God, could he make a movie? <laughs> 
I mean, yeah. uh, this is really is a masterpiece of, of filmmaking and, you know, every shot, you know, could be hung on your wall as a piece of art kind of film. And it has a lot of those Kubrick hallmarks uh, of sort of weird performances, <laughs> you know, and strange <laughs> dialogue and but never boring. I mean, those things, no. they're always when those performances are de- that are so off kilter, you are just drawn into them, you know, uh, and they happen from beginning to end and have the first shot of the movie being a full from behind shot Nicole Kidman taken off her dress and this leggy, beautiful statuesque form in front of you. It's like, <gasps> okay, oh my movie. gosh, I like how you're starting. I, I, <laughs> I like the way you think. Um, <laughs> Cause I, I tell you what, for me, I think Nicole Kidman in the, in this movie is like the most beautiful that a human being has ever looked on film. This is, this is it for me. Uh, it, it's just like, stunning um some some, some of these shots it's just like and and again like like you said you know starting with these routines you know they're getting so her second shot i mean she's sitting on the toilet you know, she's, <laughs> which is just like it's yeah in, in this in this uh you know evening gown it's it's very interesting you know yeah these movies are a lot more similar than mm-hmm. i i thought they were before we yeah before i watched them this close together yeah and you know one of the things i think is interesting too is you know obviously uh, nicole kidman and tom cruise had been married for quite some time when they made this movie um mm-hmm. so uh, the marriage scenes i think the scenes between them feel very very real even though their performances are heightened it, it they feel um there's there's an intimacy to them uh, that come yeah. even even though i think this movie may well have been part of what broke them up uh, to be <laughs> honest because it probably <laughs> made them have to think about some things that sure. that uh, they maybe hadn't considered before and um yeah it, it's a different kind of intimacy like that it is that's what i was talking about like with the 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 normal kind of couple stuff at the beginning like i think that's a really intimate scene with like her on the bathroom you know yeah, in I'd... front of him like they're just getting ready and like it's nothing of course to them because they're a couple the thing is when i when i saw this movie for the first not for the first time but for the first time after i was married i watched it with my wife and i was like yeah that's like the most realistic scene in the movie right because i mean that, mm-hmm. you do that all the time you know it's like who cares you know and, and it's mm-hmm. just <laughs> it, and so i think that kind of thing is um now it almost feels like old hat, but I mean, in 1999, I think there's a lot of elements to this movie that are just so shocking, <laughs> you know, to actually, <laughs> like someone actually, shocking. someone actually showed that, um, you know, mm-hmm. um, it's a little bit like the toilet flushing in Psycho, you know, that's <laughs> right. nothing to us now, but in 1960, it was like, holy shit, no pun intended. But they're like just having the normal conversations of mm-hmm. getting ready, you know, for going out and talking about the babysitter and... Um, What's her name? <laughs> I love that. What's her name? Roz. Yeah. <laughs> How does my hair look? He's like, it looks great. Like, you're not even looking. It's like, <laughs> yeah. You always look great. She looks, oh my God. Can I just say to you that she looks so much hotter with the glasses on, I oh, think. Oh gosh. She's like a sexy librarian, which is just like... Oh my God. God, <laughs> I don't know. That's my weird kink. I, I <laughs> women with women with glasses is just like, <sighs> especially just the, the so shape hot. of them is yeah. so is different. It's perfect they're, they're for her perfect face for and her everything. Face. Yeah, yeah. 
so yes, Brian's kink is sexy librarians. Okay. <laughs> sexy librarians. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but one of the things that, you know, it's weird is everything about this party feels so fake. It's like everyone mm-hmm. is wearing a mask. And I think that's important because later everyone really is wearing a mask, literally. But here the, it's there's a figurativeness to it because no one feels like they are revealing anything about themselves that matters in any way. Mm. Like, I, I, I always, another thing I find interesting is like Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman never kiss on the lips in this movie. Except I think once maybe in the mirror scene. But most of the time he kisses her on the cheek, kisses her on yeah. the neck. He, it, it's just like they never have an intimate like kiss. It's always a little bit superficial. Uh, and I find that just kind of a fascinating thing. And um, they separate during the party uh, at Ziegler's house, Victor Ziegler's house, uh, played by Sidney Pollock. Who, he's so good he's in this. He's so good in this. Oh. <laughs> and and I think this scene is is so key to the rest of the movie. Uh okay. it's it sets up I think more than seems important as it goes along. It sets up things about um Tom Cruise's character too that yeah. I think is well, really important them, to really. like just the kind the kind of person that mm-hmm. he is and the and her as well yeah and and especially i think how they look at their relationship yes um because when when he talks about seeing um nick nightingale it's like oh that's the guy that i went to uh, medical school with and like and she's like well he's very talented for a doctor and it's like he was never a doctor he's such a smug fucking asshole in this movie (laughs) yes the whole way through that's just like the little hint of it he gets even worse like the amount of times that he tries to get into places or Uh show his authority by saying he's a doctor i was like shut the fuck up no one i know cares (laughs) and i and you know when at the end not to get too far ahead but i mean when ziegler finally puts him in his place and says you're an ant in this whole scheme of things Yes, I think that is <laughs> that's, that that that's that what scene is just <laughs> fucking brilliant too. Um, yes, when we get there, that's that's way at the end, but geez, right? Um, but but it, this is yeah, this is just setting up. I think um, so much the the way that he's inf- he inflates his own ego uh-huh. in his head and well, how it gets broken down. <laughs> exactly. Well, I mean, and then what I find interesting is during this party, both of them have an opportunity to cheat. Yep. So Alice, played by Nicole Kidman, is dancing with Zandor Zavost, a Hungarian. He's and he's like just he's, the Hungarian. he's just like real he's he's just like worshiping her, you know. Uh-huh. It's like, tell me, why would a beautiful woman who could have any man in this room want to be married? I it's just the uh-huh. way it's those kinds those kinds of deliveries are so Kubrickian, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's 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 I love it. Love it, love it, love it. One of the charms of marriage is that it makes deception a necessity for, for both, both parties. parties. Yes. And then her response is, well, why wouldn't she? I love I love the way she plays drunk. Because uh-huh. she's she's a little tipsy here. And she's tipsy but she's smart. in control. <laughs> She's in control. She's completely in control. The first thing that he, this Hungarian brings up to her, like one of the first things when like he approaches her is something about, have you read Ovid, The Art of Love? (laughs) So she, obviously, like it's not hard to, 
get his number of like what, right. what he's doing and she says it like later on in the scene it's like when he's like what were you doing that Hungarian? it's like she, he wanted to fuck me <laughs> like that's pretty much what she missed so, like she knows it like right from the beginning well i mean and, <laughs> and i love the way she's like i need to go now it's like well why mm-hmm. and she wags her finger i'm married she's you know just the way she with does him. That, i love it it's so good and it's like mm-hmm. oh just Everything that is happening with her is electric. Uh, now, Cruz, um, he's got those two models. And where do they invite him? Where the rainbow Bow ends. ends. Yes, I know. <laughs> okay. That's the Wizard of Oz reference. Okay. Sending him over the rainbow. Come with us over the rainbow. And the costume shop. The costume shop. Yep. There you go. Yep. So I, I think that. Because, I mean, he, he's like, okay, I can bag two models right yeah. now. And he's interested. Um, and he, it, what's funny, every time that he has an opportunity to cheat, something stops him. Yes. Every single time. She willingly stops it. So, stops herself, yes. Yeah, she stops herself. I mean, he offers and to, he's not, again, he's not subtle at all, the Hungarian, and what he's offering to oh, her, no. like to... You want to go, like, look at some... I forgot the whole thing. Like, go look at art. <laughs> it's, like, totally a metaphor, <laughs> you know? <laughs> I know. There's one point, too, where she, uh, or when he says something to her about, you know, like, um, about, you know, why did women want to uh, get married before, like, is the only way that they could lose their virginity and be free to do what they wanted with other men. Mm -hmm. The look on her face, she's just like, oh, shut the fuck up. Like, she is not feeling this guy at all. Uh -uh. (laughs) I love it. So she's just kind of, like, playing with him the whole time, like, making him think that he's going to get something, and she's just like, no. (laughs) Okay, so um, he gets called away to help Ziegler, and he goes upstairs and there's, you know, the woman who's OD'd, right? Mm-hmm. There's so much that's set up here because, I mean, obviously that comes into play later because this is, quote, Mandy is her name. I know. I know. The uh, no, I'm just, sex worker. But I'm sorry. What were you, were you, what were you going to say? No, I just <laughs> I didn't want to bring up something that's coming up later at the end. Oh, OK. OK. He's still kind of being a smug little jerk and talking to her. You know, I can I don't know if it's just oh, like totally. Tom Cruise is like really good at playing that or that's how his lines come off. Like Mandy, like you can't keep doing this. OK, right. he doesn't know anything about this person. <laughs> no, he doesn't. Yeah, I, I think there's a there's a sense of he thinks he's the shit, which is why the adventure that he goes on is <laughs> eye opening, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I, have, I, I, you know, there we go. Yeah. I don't know what the title means. I, I'm not entirely sure, but um, uh, th- there's so tried many to options. Think, yeah, to I, what I it thought could about mean. it. I was like, oh, I don't know. Yeah. There's a sense of <laughs> they talk at the end of, about since we're now that we're both awake. And, yeah, yeah, and all that. Yeah, <laughs> there's lots of things. But um, after the party, the baby did a bad, bad I thing. Know. <laughs> Kidman in front of the mirror. Okay, for me. <laughs> Now that is hot. That's so hot. That is so hot. And she's she's just like just that little dance she's doing and you can, you can just tell see a little... that she's actually listening to the song. Yeah. Yeah, so she's dancing to the song. Yeah. And she's taking off her earrings and she's wearing her glasses and she's just you can see just a little bit of breast and you're just kind of like, "Oh my 
gosh. Yeah. Then the look she gets when she starts kissing, he starts kissing her neck. He, she looks at herself in the mirror. They both do that. <laughs> just, they both do oh. that. They're both. It's like they're both. I don't know what that means exactly. They both look at themselves in the mirror, not at each other or something. Yeah. In that, there's something a little bit off about like what they're doing. Yeah. <laughs> in that it's, scene, it's like it's, it's like still really it's sexy almost... though. Yeah. <laughs> he kind of ruins it by coming in. Like he ruins like her being right. sexy by coming in. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's just it's almost like you know I don't know if it's like the narcissus myth coming into this yeah, you know that's what being I was thinking. trance by by your own image in the mirror and failing to look at the other person yeah you know so i think like in, they're in, not in really they're not seeing each other in that thing or they're i don't know they're focused on themselves or how they were looking or like they're i don't know something something's off between the two of them even then yeah that's probably one of my favorite trailers to a movie ever is for eyes wide shut and the the baby did a bad bad thing did a bad bad thing <laughs> okay am i remembering this wrong because is i'm am i remembering that there is like some kind of maybe a teaser trailer that is just that scene as i as i recall it's just a couple of shots it, it's sort of the start of her taking off the dress and then it's it domino like, on the street then it does like cruise you know yes. a big title card that says cruise and there's another shot of like domino then kidman then then there's another okay. shot of like the two of them together and it's a kubrick eyes wide shut that's and that's right. like it yeah, yeah. i mean it's it's just like and frankly what else did you need to know that was it. <laughs> I mean, what else? At did that, you... at the, do you know how long? I mean, it had been it had been eleven years since Stanley Kubrick's pre- previous movie. By 1999, he had become a god. The Shining had finally come into its own as as a serious work. All of his films, people were realizing, hey, this dude made real masterpieces here, right? And he's finally appreciated. And I think by the time Eyes Wide Shut came out, it was like, oh my gosh, Stanley Kubrick yeah. is finally releasing another movie. And it turned out to be his last because uh, he died uh, late in the, like right after the final edit. I think was, so, yeah. was done yeah. yeah it was just like that's that's exactly how i remember yeah. it because i maybe yeah. i didn't know that much about him but i just remember it being like uh, we don't know anything about this movie but it's another kubrick movie and it's tom cruise and nicole kidman that's mm-hmm. all we need to know to, to yeah. go see it yeah and that was all it re- that's the only kind of marketing that this movie needed <laughs> i think when it came out yeah <laughs> was that absolutely but also absolutely. just that's such a brilliant that's seriously one of my favorite trailers because I, I love that song yeah. for one thing we talked about this before yeah. like that i love that mm-hmm. song and it's so perfect for this movie. And just like those little teases of uh, the two of them. And you d- you have no idea what the story is from that. No. But you don't I mean, care. even watching the movie, you don't necessarily entirely know what <laughs> right. it is, you know. That, but that's what's so great about it, you know, mm-hmm. frankly. I think that's one of the best things about it. Um, I, I love this this montage of the next day, you know, yeah. the day. He, More like. He's at work. She's at home. More of that mundanity, you know. Mm-hmm. Her, you know, standing in front of the mirror in her bra uh, with That's her daughter. That's my favorite she, shot. <laughs> is no, it? No, my favorite shot is her putting on the bra. This is uh-huh. like a shot oh, from behind. It's like really great yeah. ass shot again mm-hmm. of her putting on the yeah. bra. Mm. Yeah, but again, like more just and like And then that. she's putting on. She, I love yeah. how she puts on the, on, on the deodorant smells- and then she smells her armpit. I love that <laughs> so much. I think that is just like. <laughs> 
again, like just it's, more it's that norm, normal family stuff yes. that no one ever admits to doing, right? Yeah, and it's, this stuff is so important to how weird it gets, you know, uh-huh. to the unreal stuff, the the crazy that happens. I'm <laughs> The part of him at work, though, with the woman, that is not how... Those exams go. I'm sorry. No. <laughs> but I, I think I that's the point. <laughs> you know? That's the point. Yeah, it is that's totally exact, the point. That's absolutely the point. Because we don't just sit there with our tits hanging out with a doctor standing right. there. That's not how those appointments right. go. <laughs> right. But again, I think that uh, I definitely saw this movie uh, as a little bit more of a comedy in that way, too, because of little oh, yeah, moments totally. like that. There's so much that's so funny about yeah, this. Yeah, it's like... It's so obvious that that's not how it happens, but it's so obvious because you know that the filmmakers know that, and that's exactly what they're trying to say, <laughs> which yeah. makes it even better. Well, and it comes back in the next scene, you know, yes. when they're high, yeah. and she says, so when she's having her little titty squeezed. Yeah. <laughs> the way... <laughs> okay. The way she says that. Yeah. Okay. This scene. Oh, God. Okay. So let's get high and get real. Um, yes. So this is what's... This is this scene. Uh, so those two girls did you by any chance happen to (laughs) fuck them the way that she delivers that line is like utterly mind-blowing and i think nicole kidman in this movie this is where she becomes nicole kidman you know this is where how we know now you see what she can do Yep. You know, because before that, I, it feels like she wasn't really given the space to be the great actress she is. You know, it, it was sort of like, oh, she's Tom Cruise's co-star in uh, yes. in Days of Thunder, you know, and uh, she was in Batman and a couple of things like that. But I mean, here it's like, oh, my gosh, what she's doing is utterly brilliant she was always good she was always beautiful but she was never i don't think yeah she wasn't given the kind of meaty role that as we Mm -hmm. know now she can absolutely take on and kill it with what she's been doing since then and this scene is absolutely powerhouse for her yeah like just from that first line where it's like she's high but she's also like she's got something on her mind you can tell that she wants to talk Mm -hmm. about yeah he lies to her which I think is very important uh-huh. too, because she asks like, "Where did you disappear to?" You know, with them for so long, and he lies and says that you know Ziegler wasn't feeling well, so I had to go and see him, mm-hmm. so that he can immediately turn around, turn it around, and ask her about the who's that guy that you were dancing with? What did he want? And she's flat out says it. She's like, "He wanted sex." <laughs> like, yep. And I love yep. the, again. I love the way this whole this conversation plays out. Like I had to kind of think about it a little bit. Like I what exactly that she's getting at in this scene, and uh-huh. it's so important, I think, to the rest of it. Because again, he's being like such a smug little asshole in this whole scene. He's not getting at all what she's trying to say to him. Right. I think. Yeah. Well, I mean, she says, "So you're telling her line where she says, so the only reason any man wants to.'" talk to me is because they want to fuck me mm-hmm. and he says for put in eloquently but yes yeah essentially is what he says i wouldn't put it in those words but yes yeah. i mean it's just like or or something like that and so that means that the only reason you wanted to talk to those girls was so that you could fuck them right <laughs> and he's it says basically. no because i love you and we're married it's like oh and so it was only out of consideration for me no but he says in that same line he says i i wouldn't fuck them because 
I would never lie to you or hurt you. It's like, you literally just lied to her. Just did. Five yeah. seconds ago, mm-hmm. dude. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And, but he's, and, being, and when, he's being when he, so... He has the gall to say, you know, women don't think like that yes. and things like that. <laughs> you know, it's like, how do you know? <laughs> like, oh, if you men only knew. He's being so condescending. What she's basically trying to do, she's trying to call him out and admit his desires like a normal human, I think, mm-hmm. you know? Just kind of like tell the truth and also trying to say that, yeah, uh, women feel the same way and have the same thoughts and think the same things. And he, for some reason, doesn't believe that. Like, what the hell? Well, (laughs) like literally like mansplaining women's uh, sexual desires to her. Right. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. And when she asks him, you know, why haven't you ever been jealous about me? Hmm? And it's like, well, because I'm sure of you. You know, uh, we ha- we're married. We have a child together. It's like millions okay. of years of evolution, right? Right. I love that. I love that, that, that line. So great. Oh, you could dissect every second of I this know. movie. I know. I have, <laughs> that, especially this conversation. I think it's like yeah. so profound. I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's it's like I said, it's like setting the seeds for exactly what's going to happen for the rest of the movie. I mean, she's trying to say that. He's denying that women have sexual fantasies or something. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Or denying that they're the same, have the same desires as men. Because she says it. She says, like, oh, so men have to stick it in anywhere, and women only think about sex as a way of like commitment and security. Security. Really? Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's what she's like. The, the way she says, yeah, that line, if you men only knew. Knew. <laughs> She's getting so frustrated. Yeah, you can definitely see Nicole Kidman coming out because she's getting so frustrated because he's just not getting it. He's being so condescending again. Yeah, Mm -hmm. she's trying to explain to him and like, and then she has to tell this story to Mm -hmm. make him fucking believe her. (laughs) Right. And the thing is, you know, she saw this guy for a moment, she said, Mm -hmm. and he doesn't remember this guy at all. You know, it's like, remember, he uh, he got paged and he got called away at dinner or something like that. He's like, I have no, no. <laughs> recollection of that. And because why would you? And she had developed this entire fantasy from a glance. It's really something. But it's really and, just her trying to say, like, no, I wouldn't have done anything with him. I'm just trying. I don't know. This is the same thing. Like, he's she's trying to get him to say, like, the opposite of, like, what he says. When he says that women don't think like that, yes, they do. <laughs> and, and, and she says, you know, I would have given up everything if I could have just one night with him. And, you know, the the look on his because it just sort of holds on his face while she's saying this. And famously, there's not really any expression going on. You know, Uh it's a Kubrick movie. It allows you to project what you feel and what you think onto that face. Right. And that's much more interesting. Right. And um, I'm just seeing that that ego being like. Mm-hmm. chipped away mm-hmm. at <laughs> yeah little yeah. by a little with each line that she says each like mm-hmm. revelation well and she's that she says that whole thing is like we made love and we talked about our future and our plans and all this and at no time was he ever out of my mind 
That's devastating. She says what that, she's doing right. Yeah, there. she says that her yeah. love for him was tender and sad. Yeah, it's like you were dearer to me than ever. It's the same kind of thing in Unfaithful. Yeah. Like she had this mm-hmm. fantasy, but she realized what she had with him. And when she realized the next yeah. day that the officer was gone, she was relieved. She says like, she was relieved. Oh, okay. It was a fantasy. It was, a fantasy. It was something yeah. that entered her mind. It was not something she acted upon. And that's the key, yes. you know. And that's whole thing is he conflates this thing in his mind. And it sends him on this this like sexual revenge. Yes. <laughs> you know, you know <laughs> That's a good way to put it. Yeah. <laughs> escapade, you know. And it's so weird. I mean it's it's at the same time, I, I I don't know that I don't get it. You know, I, I think I understand mm-hmm. that impulse a little sure. bit. And it's 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 hard to admit things like that. And I think mm-hmm. that's what Kubrick is trying to get us to do with a movie like this and with by being that provocative. Because this whole because movie and everything that he does is fueled by these increasingly passionate, you know, visions that he's having of this thing that never happened. Yes. That only happens in his head. Yeah. This jealousy that's coming out of, yeah, okay, she finally got what she wanted from him, like for him to be jealous of her a little bit, to mm-hmm. maybe realize her worth and realize something. I don't know. And the fact yeah. that... The fact that they just kind of let the words hang in the air on his face and the phone rings and he just kind of lets it ring and he gets called away on this emergency uh, because there's one of his patients, father, I believe, has died. Mm-hmm. And while he's in the car, a cab, I believe, on the way to this person's home, he just pictures Alice with this naval officer that he doesn't know even what he looks like you know Mm -hmm. he's imagining this human you know taking off his wife's clothes and frankly those flashes are some of the hottest (laughs) footage in the movie (laughs) right you know they're way hotter than like the orgy scene or oh yeah absolutely you know the 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 orgy scene is so cold and mechanical it's like Mm -hmm. it's 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 it's, it's kind of repellent yeah Yeah, and that's supposed again there's nothing in this movie that's not supposed to be the way it is (laughs) <laughs> that's very deliberate yeah 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 another thing i've i noticed in in the outside the windows of all these upper class homes even alice and and bill's home they're like these blue lights outside the windows just blue light you don't see really out the window i mean it's pr- out of necessity i mean it was filmed on a stage i'm sure but but it's weird that you know ziegler's house the windows is just blue it's like Mm -hmm. this blue glow at the window and it's true also of of this house of marion's house i know that yeah it's something that that i picked up on um and you know it it could be you know it's christmas time um could be just lights from outside but there's this sense of these people these wealthy people not being able to see anything outside of their little space right that's a good Um, way to look at it Whereas the street level stuff, when he's on the in the cafes and stuff like that, you see the street, you see outside, you see all these things. I don't know. It's a weird detail. Weird yeah. detail. But this woman, uh, Marion, is a uh, clearly ha- has a little uh, <laughs> attraction to Doctor Bill. Does she? Uh, <laughs> she kisses him. Okay. Well, there's there. I think there is a 
theory, at least a kind of maybe a loose one about this movie that this maybe this stuff didn't actually happen, that it was a dream that, you know, like, because mm-hmm. after he's had like, like the a, whole one crazy night. Yeah. yeah. Like after, you know, he's had his sexual ego chipped away by his wife, uh, you know, because of this fantasy, suddenly every woman that he meets after this wants to fuck him. Right. So it's like, he's trying to get that back. So, yeah. and I can't, I, I can't really completely subscribe to, to that, but it is interesting. I think maybe it, it doesn't actually, it, it's a fantasy going on in his head. Maybe these interactions that he's having with some of them, because why, mm-hmm. why would this woman who just, whose father, whose father just, just died. died. Yeah. And as he says, as he like, mansplains his own fantasy to her it kind of feels like when he's saying like we barely know each other like what are you doing like when she's saying when she after she kisses him and you know is saying like i love you and is is acting all obsessed with him and he's like marion we barely know each other like you're not you're not in the right hand like that doesn't feel real to me at all that feels like completely something very critical yeah it's very distant yeah Uh uh-huh and then you know He's leaves there and he's still got that image in his head. Is this the famous scene where he like hits his hands together yeah. while he's <laughs> walking down the street? Yeah. I love that shot. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's also like another thing happens here. Oh, classic here. shot. Yeah. Yeah. Another thing that happens here that is another like kind of chipping away at him again is when he's attacked by those like random kids. Yeah. And they who, call him, who, they who, call him uh, the F word. The, the F slur. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which, you know, is for for this guy i think is probably wounding you right. know because he's just cut that kind of guy yeah um, he's that kind of douche <laughs> that yeah, yeah that, exactly. that that would just be like one more thing that like angers him about mm-hmm. himself you know yeah yeah that he would be perceived and right. as anything that's not quote unquote manly right no you know I, which is which is not I know. Uh, obviously, you get that's what we're not, saying. That, I'm, I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying to say that in the sense I know, of me too. that's how the that's how the character perceives it, yes. not how either of us do. So, right. Um, Absolutely. So he's approached on the street by Domino, the sex worker, Vanessa um, Shaw. Love yeah. you. It's she's she's great in this. She uh, she's in it so briefly, um, but. It's really this one scene, um, mm-hmm. though she. I don't, there, I don't know if there's any implication that she's one of the uh, people at the orgy. I think um, there might be, but yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah. I, I, I mean, know. it's there's a lot of who is the girl in the mask, you know? Yeah, and we're told that it's somebody. I don't but think it's is that, it. I don't think so at all. <laughs> it doesn't look like her. I mean, because we I did, we've, we I did see, comparisons. Okay, I, it's not her. We see them physically, you know, and it's it's just physically she looks very different. Yes, um, that's what I'm saying. Like know. I totally took like yeah. screenshots. She looks much taller. She look yeah. <laughs> she's, a she's a little, little bit little slimmer. Leaner. She's yeah yeah. Uh-huh. It's not she's, the person that we're told that it is. Absolutely no. Her, <laughs> Her 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 tits uh, are different. Yes, <laughs> I know they really are. <laughs> they are. I mean, it's, there you go. Um, and we see them on both actors. Uh, so <laughs> anyway, <laughs> just saying, it, it's going to be interesting talking about elements of this movie. I know. Um, but I, I think it's. I think you know they go up to the apartment, and again, you know, it's like it's it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. He's about. He's gonna sleep with this person. And then he gets a phone call, mm-hmm. you know, from his wife. 
and you know just asking where he is well before uh, that there's a shot of her just another like random like normal thing there's a shot like while he and domino are talking um it's just of alice like eating some cookies watching tv at the table like waiting for him and then it cuts back to their conversation and then she calls him yeah it's just uh was that mrs uh, dr bill was that mrs dr bill right and she asked him do you have to go he said do i have to go i think i do are you sure? Again, this woman just like, oh, I, I want him. You know, so <laughs> what you're saying there is is so true. Uh, and he says, yes. You know, it's like, I'm being noble yeah. by leaving. Right. It's kind of the sense that you get, I'm being so noble by going back home to my wife. Um, She's trying to <laughs> which pay he her doesn't rent. Do. <laughs> <laughs> which, right, right. So, but he pays her rent, and he pays her anyway. Thank you. For, yes. And, I will give yeah. him props for yeah. paying her anyway. Yeah. Yeah. But again, there's a sense of I'm so noble yes. about this, yeah. too. That's exactly <laughs> what, he's, what he's doing in that scene. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, the Sonata Cafe, uh, he goes in and sees Nick play the end of his set and has a little, has a drink with Nick Nightingale and hears about this crazy place where sometimes where he has to play blindfolded uh-huh. and uh they didn't uh put the blindfold on so well <laughs> last time and there were such women there that's um, all he has to say all exactly you know that? that is literally all he has to say he could be talking about anything and bill wants to go that's all he has to say is like something about there's there were such women he doesn't even say yeah. that there was there was an orgy and they people were fucking no you just at the mention of women. Yep. The possibility of women like is that's when he says like, Oh, I gotta go check this out. Yeah, and I, I wrote down another thing here where he Nick says uh he has a wife and four boys in Seattle, the Emerald City, I'll add. <laughs> he says, You're a long way from home. Okay. <laughs> Again, again. Okay. I really think there's there's a Wizard of Oz <laughs> element here. It's okay. like you are you're in a fantasy world you know that's the um, so i'm saying like maybe this yeah. whole night is a fantasy mm-hmm. too you know yeah oh, oh i i think that there's almost no doubt of it i mean especially when they start using dream language mm-hmm. talking about dreams and reality and you know, the whether way it was, yeah. certain things play out that don't really make yeah. sense later on when they try to uh-huh. explain it yeah it doesn't work yeah so we find out the password is Fidelio, which is interesting. Fidelity. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it's a it's a Beethoven opera. That is true. It actually is Beethoven's only opera. Okay. And so it's like everyone is costumed and masked. He doesn't know how they're costumed and masked. Yeah. That's unless, all he says. Unless there's more explanation sort of, after that. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's but like the, he knows exactly. Not. That he needs the which, cloak with a hood. Which I think is another clue that this is a fantasy. Uh-huh. That he just kind of knows. Yeah. It's like, oh, what kind of... He needs a cloak and a tux, a, a, a certain kind of mask. I mean, uh-huh. uh, that's an unusual kind of mask that they're all wearing there. Uh, so I, They're not I all the same, but they're... Yeah, they're very similar. They, they, yeah, um, they have a... How did, he know it was, how did he know it was a full face mask and that maybe not just like an eye right. mask, you know? Yeah, exactly. It's uh, interesting. And the scene, I find, I find the rainbow sash fashion scene is so weird. It's, it's so, so funny. It, 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 I don't know it, what it's to make of It's kind of gross. It's so it's gross. It's kind of gross. 
How old? Uh, I'm sorry, but how old was Lily Sobieski? Sobieski, I, I, I don't know. And that's she that's looks, the she looks problematic. Like 14. Of, yeah, she <laughs> looks really young, and that's part of what makes it kind of scandalous. Um, oh yeah, yeah, I that, remember that. That yeah. I mean, of course, he's. It makes sense that Millich is just. He's so funny. <laughs> I know. Before. <laughs> <laughs> he, before again, like, so again him, you need a mask. You need a yeah. Well, but again, him like like try he he uh, Bill knew the guy that used to own the costume shop or whatever. I was his I, I'm right. his doctor. Like uh, he moved away a year ago. It's like no, I really am a doctor though. So that means mm-hmm. that this is that is important enough for <laughs> like what does you being a doctor have to do with like getting this like, it just costume? makes it all okay. Yeah, right. Uh, but yeah, her. <laughs> Again, I mean, it's another kind of, even though it's, like, really fucking gross, it's another kind of thing where, you know, when uh, Millich is, like, yelling at the two guys, and uh-huh. she runs up behind Bill and is, like, kind of smiling whispers at him, whispers in his ear, yeah, like, that's super gross, because she looks really young, yeah. um, but it's yeah. another thing of, like, uh, him being desirable to women, I don't know, I feel really weird saying yeah, that, I, I, but... <laughs> I, I, I think that's... I think that's true. Okay. No, I think that's the point. I and I hadn't thought about it until you brought up the point of every woman kind of throwing themselves yes. at him. One of the things I think is really fun. I got to back up a little bit when Millich says like he's showing him his bald spots. Yes. <laughs> it's, it's not really my I mean, area. <laughs> yeah, it's just a matter of it's one of those scenes of an actor just uh, you know taking his moment. Yeah. And making it. It's just so incredible. I, I don't even Rade. I I don't even know how to pronounce it. Like, He's another one that like I recognize mm-hmm. from other yeah, stuff, but I uh, couldn't say what exactly. But I know I've seen his face well, or heard his voice before. Sure, sure. <laughs> but he, yeah, he's so funny in this. <laughs> All of these actors have kind of their moments. Yeah, the the scene is so strange, and uh, like every scene in this movie mm-hmm. is just strange. Um, what yeah what he experiences this night or what he fantasizes about this night is completely different the next day you know especially this mm-hmm. scene oh yeah yeah and, and everything, everything that is... happens in this act it comes back again in the third uh-huh. and and it's everything is so different in the light of day yes kind of the story of it and then you know he's again he takes the cab and he's on his way you know the the he's still picturing Alice uh-huh. <laughs> um, with the officer, and like I said, you know, I think that sexual revenge is actually kind of what he's after that's what here. He's, that's like, what he's hoping she, for, absolutely. Yeah. So, so she cheated, so I can cheat too. But the problem is, she didn't cheat. She didn't do anything. <laughs> the most that she did was dance with a guy at the party uh-huh. and say, "Uh, uh, uh, I'm not going with you," uh-huh. and she did nothing at all except have a thought that of being with this guy at one point years before he was absolutely gonna (laughs) go with those two models though come on (laughs) absolutely absolutely there's no doubt about it he was there he's how many opportunities has he had so far i don't know he even gets interrupted with having sex with his own wife by Uh a phone call you know i mean it's just like the guy the guy is is getting stored up here i mean i this that's what makes where this movie goes so important you know everything about this movie is leading up to that last line Mm -hmm. which martin scorsese 
kind of <laughs> pointed that out and says, you know, everything about the movie is leading up to that last line of Nicole Kidman. Last and word. It's a doozy. Yep. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And he's like, still kind of showing his uh, his smugness and his ego to the, the driver flaunting money. Oh, the hundred dollar bill. The hundred bill mm-hmm. that I think that's so fucking condescending. Anytime you see that in a rip where in they half. ripping yeah. it in half, like you can have the other half later. And it's like he knows yeah. that that's actually a lot of money to this guy. And it means nothing to him that he can rip a hundred dollar bill in half. You know, it's just one of those yeah. little moments that always kind of like makes me mad and hate somebody, even though it's a little, it has nothing to do with the movie, but, <laughs> it, but it's true. It's, it's really, yeah. it's, it's, yeah. Okay. So the orgy, the house, you know, the, the it doesn't Fidelio, feel real. Well, it's all this weird sort of this semi-religious thing. The house. Um, they're first wearing of all, robes and the yeah, incense and all that. The house just itself. I mean, they're obviously not too far outside of New York. Yeah. I don't know what it's like around there, but that house. I don't know. That just does. That doesn't feel. It feels like real. it's on it's, a different planet. It feels like it's way, way too big, you know, and just yeah. like in the middle of nowhere. I'm sure like there are places like that there, but it just it's yeah. so elaborate and so massive that it just it feels like again part of a fantasy like that this is where something like this would take place sure you know well i mean it's it's sort of this uh riff on something like ultra secret societies right. full of powerful people sure. you know like the bohemian grove or something like that you know what's that the conspiracy nuts think it's something more than it really is but i mean apparently these it's these rich people go and they have this sort of semi-religious ritual that involves a giant stone owl in the middle of the woods somewhere and they drink a lot and have a lot of sex that's that's (laughs) okay that's supposedly what it is um it's it's i think they've had specials on it on like the history channel and stuff it's kind of an interesting sort of thing it's so strange though it's like rich weirdos (laughs) kind of thing have you okay there's a line in the rocky horror show where he says this must be a hunting lodge for rich weirdos and that totally is what this makes me feel like. right you know it's like he's entered a hunting lodge for rich weirdos um because you have this all is exactly of what rich weirdos would do this is how they would yeah. have the most boring unsexy fucking orgy i've ever seen in my life <laughs> you know and they're only doing it because they can't exactly yeah and another thing that's weird about this sequence okay um, um, okay they have the ritual the the robes and the thongs and the uh, the mass of uh, the weirdness this is where of it i all. kind of have a little theory too but it might feel a little might okay. be a little off well and and another thing this is also the one point where you see anyone kiss on the lips uh, but they're just touching mass together but they're touching mass yeah (laughs) yeah my little my little theory though is that there's all these different women you know in the that shot when they take off their robes and stuff but they all have that very specific body type. They all look exactly yeah. the same to me. And they all look exactly the same as Alice. Oh, very statuesque and tall and tall. Thin they all, yes, and, they all look like yeah. models mm-hmm. that have that same, they have the exact same body type. They're tall yeah. and thin of her. Like, obviously, honestly, not something I'm super attracted to. I like a little bit more meat, but whatever, whatever you're sure. into. <laughs> but that's, that's kind of my, th- that's another kind of indication to me that this is all a fantasy or that this is all like, sure he still is only thinking about her even in this fantasy. Like he's thinking of getting back at her Mm -hmm. with these other faceless women. That is, yeah, that's great. That's, that's really good. Jeez. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Um, But this still feels like 
completely again because of what we learn later later on and how this all plays out this feel something is off about this 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 doesn't feel real because the woman that picks him out Mm -hmm. instantly knows that he doesn't belong there yeah and we're told later on that everything that happened at the party was a setup that they were on to him the whole time she was doing she was in the middle thing there doing this little ritual Mm -hmm. when he first walked in he doesn't yep. put the mask on until after he's in the room. There's no way that she would have known to go to him, even if someone had told her, you know, to pick him out. Like he doesn't belong like, or something. you know what I mean? Like the nothing right. doesn't make sense. Nothing. Yeah. And they find the the rental receipt to him later and all, mm-hmm. all of that. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's true. I mean, there's so much of this that, and I think like the numbers of people, are always off. It, it, they don't make sense. True. You know? There's always there's Cause, cause, only like eight women in there in the middle or something yeah. like that. Uh-huh. There's so many yeah. more when he walks yeah. throughout the and mansion. He's 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 walking through the house and there there's everyone you know and uh, the the now the cut that I saw I don't I think it might have been the unfortunately might have been the American cut that was because I watched it on uh, Hulu uh, that has some obscuring of some of those. Okay tableaus with robed figures um that were put in digitally but i think the the blu-ray that i gave you should be the international cut so we may have seen slightly different versions of this movie this time through but it's odd it it feels like you said it's not sexy it's not and it's not supposed to be it's not supposed to be it's supposed to be it's supposed to be just meat it's like a meat market i mean it's Uh and you know the part part where they're dancing they're all naked and they're dancing you know in like ballroom dancing Uh and stuff it's very weird and funny and and it's also kind of um, funny to me like again well maybe now because we saw different ways but when you when he's actually just seeing those individuals it's all like the road figures like just watching two people fuck like sure the guy is <laughs> it's a little it's like over exaggerated like the way he's doing it you know it's almost it's funny yeah. the way he's doing because it. it's like he's kind of flailing around like it's not sexy at right. all right there's also yeah. there's also a part where there's and the two... way their 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 heads are all like yeah exactly like, around and stuff yeah yeah there's because you can't see their faces again like you, there's no passion so there's no connection there's no, no yeah so that's why it doesn't feel sexy there's also like there's two there's a shot of two women and like in a 69 position but they're both wearing masks so what are yeah. they doing? What are they doing? <laughs> They're like, you're not yeah. accomplishing anything there. So yeah, it's just I, I think. Well, it's- honestly, honestly, I think that this sequence is supposed to be a mirror of the party in the beginning. That makes that sense. Yeah. All these all these people are fucking each other, but they have no connection whatsoever. Uh-huh. They're all wearing masks. It's just like the literal version of that. That's true. Um, okay, I like that. So. <laughs> You know, there's no meaning to anything that's happening in this gathering of people. It's just there for the sake of being there. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know? Um, there's two people that um, are fucking and one guy's on his hands and knees. They're on top of it. Like she's laying on uh, his back, <laughs> you know, and it's like, yeah. It, yeah, like you said, it's another one of those like uh, it's it, the whole thing just feels like weird shit that rich people do just because they can. Right. Yeah, yeah, uh, you know, and, and then the woman with the mask comes to find him, you, you know, and he's trying to figure out who are you, and it's like you don't want to know. It could cost me my life yeah. and yours. You know, it's like the stakes are being conflated to be so high in his mind. 
So, again, like I was saying about the numbers being wrong, when he's brought into sort of this inquisition, mm-hmm. you know, they have the thrones set up and the people are standing. They obviously, you know, they, they, they were setting this up while he's around the house somewhere. And there's just everybody there's is in that room. So, so many people, w- yeah. So many people. It's like, so, so where are all the people? Did the people that were in the rest of the house just suddenly like teleport there I know. Uh, again it's 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 supposed to be weird it's supposed to be wrong those um because those two people at the, when he first walks into the room those two people that just turn to him yeah why would their attention be focused not not on what's going on in the middle of the room yeah exactly and then the weird um shots of their that sort of distorting shots of their masks and stuff like that it looks like uh this old sort of uh early renaissance paintings that where they have some of those weird you know sort of like visions of hell kinds of kinds oh, of okay. pictures yeah. yeah paintings and stuff I, I think those are those are really cool and the piano piece here those two notes on the piano da 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 you know that is just like and the thing is it's it, so iconic <laughs> when i was listening to it really cuz i had the sound on it on in a way uh that it was pretty loud and the piano seems to be mic'd in a way where and they the pianist is hitting the keys so hard that you can actually hear the hammers moving it's off putting you you can hear, you hear more than just hold, the note yeah. Yeah, you can hear more than just the the note itself. You can actually hear like the mechanics of the piano itself yeah. uh, in the midst of it. And there's a hardness to that. It's terrifying. It's really, really suspenseful. I mean, That's, it's as scary as anything in The Shining, to be I honest. Know. Those, it's like, so simple, unsettling. Those two simple, those little notes that are just like so subtle. It's like, and then it just goes just a little bit harder with the next one. Well, it plays exactly yeah. the same thing, except it's except it's octaves apart, mm-hmm. and you know it's yeah. it's uh, it's really well done. And then then to just hit the high note over and over, it's like where it says <laughs> where they're kind of grilling him to go ding, <laughs> ding, ding, <laughs> you know, punctuating that. It's oh, it's <laughs> absolutely brilliant, and for it to be something that could be played by a child, essentially. <laughs> You know, is yeah. is really brilliant because it's just two notes. I love it. Another um, more with his fantasy, like they threaten to to make him strip in front of everybody. You know, kind of yeah. like emasculating him a little further. But who saves yeah. him, or who like is willing to sacrifice herself? I am for him? willing to redeem him. The fuck? <laughs> yeah. Why would she do that? <laughs> she doesn't know this person. Is definitely. Right. Because it's definitely not the person that we're told that it is at the end of the movie. <laughs> right. It's, um, yeah, it's this fantasy of like this woman is going to wants him so bad that she's willing to to sacrifice herself for whatever like the right. secret society is going to do to her. <laughs> right. And, and for helping him. And there's and there's a shot before what, of, of Nick being like led away by the right. guys. Mm-hmm. There, there's a there's a line that the I, I call him the Inquisitor, <laughs> I guess, because it, it's sort of set up to look like an Inquisition. Mm-hmm. It says no one can change her fate. When a promise has been made here, there is no going back. And I think that might be an allusion to like wedding vows. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, it's like you are here to break your promises, but here promises can't be broken. 
I don't know entirely what it's all trying to say, but it it just struck me. I like that, and and, and the the fact that you know Fidelio is like that's right. <laughs> It's like you've won. Uh, it's like, what is <laughs> the way the, he says that? Yeah. Yeah. What is what is the password for admit admittance? And it's like, well, I didn't know it. And it's like, well, later we find out there there wasn't one. Yeah. I love all that stuff. Another part of the, yeah. just with the comedy too throughout this whole Inquisition. Like every time he answers, there's like the uh, murmuring of the crowd around him. Like I found that so funny. And they're all fucking why. with him, right? Exactly. I'm sure. I know, I know we're a long way off from the scene, but I ask myself during this, knowing the ending, is Ziegler telling him the truth or not? And I think he is. I think he's telling him the complete unvarnished truth that um, just when, fucking, when he lays with him it from all the beginning. out. Yeah. yeah, that they were just fucking with him um, to scare him. Judging by what happens after that, it's interesting. Now, he goes home, he hides the costume. Um not very well. Not very well. Uh, <laughs> Puts it in the cabinet. Uh, well, and then when he goes in and he just hears Alice laughing in her sleep. That's creepy. Yeah. It's creepy. This I think is really important too. This is dream. this is one of the key scenes. Big this is key also scene. kind of this is also kind of what that's also what made me think of it be, those the women at the orgy being a vision of her because what she talks about in this dream is a, pretty much yes. the orgy. Yes, you know? yes, you're right, absolutely. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. She says we were in a deserted we were city and our clothes city. were gone. Yeah. We were naked and felt ashamed. That's an, an important line because that is biblical. It, 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 mm-hmm. After the after Adam and Eve eat of the fruit, they realize that they are naked and they feel ashamed. And that's that's important. And so, you know, marriage is a reversal of that. You know, it is being naked together and unashamed I, in, a, in, a, in the biblical sense. Um, so it's just I find that a really interesting language that's being used because she talks about lying naked in a garden, too. That's you true. know, right <laughs> after that. So I think Kubrick's using some of that biblical imagery to talk about marriage a little bit here. Uh, and she says, I was angry because I thought it was your fault. Yeah, the way that um, she... And when you uh, left, I was happy. Yeah, the different emotions that she talks <laughs> about feeling in this dream is so interesting. Swinging back she and was forth. She yeah. terrified mm-hmm. and she was angry, yeah. And then she felt better when he was gone. And then yeah. the naval officer comes out of the woods yes. to and her. Laughs and her. laughs at her. Then we were making love and then there were all these people around. I, I don't know how many I was with. Uh, I would just started See? fucking everybody essentially. That's what I mean. Yeah, she dreamed mm-hmm. of that orgy, <laughs> or mm-hmm. she had. To... She did a version of it. Yeah, version it's like of a, it. It's like a a dream version, but th- maybe the orgy is a dream version of it too. Mm-hmm. We don't know for sure. Yeah, you know, and I think that's what makes the ending sequence in the departments or in the FAO Schwartz so profound too she's crying when she's saying that like i don't know like how many men i was with but uh, i knew that you could see me and the last thing she says like i wanted to make fun make of you fun of you and so i laughed as loud as i could yeah and that's and that's where that's, she's when, that's when you woke when, me up yeah and so i mean is she the quote-unquote redeemer woman la- you know laughing at him behind his back there you know okay yeah, yeah. The, the, <laughs> the, the 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 screwing with him thing 
I think that's an element there. So yeah, this what? is why I was no, and this, I'm just saying like this is why I was scared to talk about this movie at first because I was like I don't think I'm gonna get it, but there's nothing really, not, not nothing really to get. There's so many different things to get from this movie, and that's what makes yeah. it so fascinating and good. Yeah, and I it think makes that's me appreciate one of the it a lot more. Is I get some I think, element of it, like mm-hmm. I get what I believe I think is going on, which makes it make sense, but I could be wrong and there's and, more to it. And that's what makes it fascinating. Yeah. God. And I think that's why these sort of late period Kubrick movies are kind of long too. I mean, they, they're they all like two and a half hours long or so. Like we were both saying, like uh, we don't feel this, the length just, of this movie at all. No, no. They just have this space because they're meditations. They're... It's like, I'm going to give you a line of dialogue, then you're going to put onto that line of dialogue what you think. Exactly. It's not about <laughs> us. This is this is our movie. Yes, I'm presenting it to you, but you as an audience are the ones that need to absorb it. And however you absorb it is it's the right way. <laughs> Is the right way. Yeah, I really think that's uh, what's interesting. One of the things that's interesting about Kubrick's uh, late period output, you know, like I said, sort of 2001 is where it changes to this kind of film. And and 2001 all the way to Eyes Wide Shut has that sort of languid, spacious pace to it, you know. Mm-hmm. But it's never boring. It's never always boring. It always feels like it's everything is supposed to be there and i mean and this movie i mean aside from the orgy again which like we said which isn't it's not terribly exciting i mean there's like stuff to look at for sure you know but like the whole movie is kind of like that it's a lot of um conversations and just nothing really super exciting happening but i i did time stamp this because i was like man this is like just moving isn't it like when the orgy is over that's an hour and a half I know the movie and there's still like an hour to go, but there's still plenty of stuff to be interested in. Yeah, exactly. And I, I remembered that being sort of near the end somehow. Mm -hmm. And then when I paused, it was like, oh my gosh, it's, there's an hour left. Really? (laughs) Me too. I had the same thing. Cause I I think the, I think the ending flies too Uh because sort of this, what happens in the daylight thing, because everything's different. Everything everything is kind of opposite than the way it happened before. Right. Right. The Sonata cafe is closed. uh, So he goes next door. Where's Nick? Uh, Oh, he comes in here. I'm a doctor. You can tell me where he it's, lives again. <laughs> again, you're absolutely <laughs> to the right. Waitress. Oh it's my like, god! <laughs> you know, and that that is actually like one of the things that's really funny. It's okay. I'm a doctor. Uh, <laughs> there, there's you hear lines like that sort of told as jokes in other movies, you know. Uh, and and so I think that he's totally serious. For some reason, that too, didn't though. dawn on me. I didn't dawn on me while I was watching it, but that is a hundred percent what's going on, and I love that you, you mentioned that. I love this scene. Okay. <laughs> The, the, uh, Nick's hotel. The hotel with Alan Cumming as the yes! desk clerk. <laughs> this scene, I, I didn't even really remember this scene, but this time through, it was like Alan Cumming is giving the most amazing performance here, and it's not. It's not just the women who want to be exactly. with him. <laughs> it's so does this guy. Exactly. So he is the, completely so the whole, <laughs> infatuated with him, right? The whole fantasy night was all these women that wanted uh-huh. to be with him. But the real, the actual person who kind of comes on to him, you know, because he's, he's like kind of leaning closer to him on the desk. Yeah. And he's very, into, yeah, I, I got the exact same yeah. thing. I was like, that's he's, amazing <laughs> the way they do that. <laughs> because he was such so, a good performance. 
Because there was the whole like gay panic thing or the scene mm-hmm. earlier with the kids on the street. Yeah. 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 Uh, so, okay. So we find out that Nick already, already checked, checked out. out. Yeah. There were two men with him and they left very quickly. He had a know, bruise uh, on his face. He had a bruise on his face, uh, everything. Oh, man. That scene. That is so good. I mean, mm-hmm. is is there a scene in this movie that isn't? Uh, it's just <laughs> everything is is so. It doesn't. See, and, and the thing is, all these pieces don't seem that important, but they when are. you put them all together, they're vital. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you know, returning the costume to Millich, but the mask is missing. And then the men from the previous night come out, and we have come to an arrangement. Well, f- fir- well first, um, yeah. his daughter comes out, and she's just wearing her bra and panties and a little robe. And he's just like, yeah. oh, come on over and say hi to the doctor. It's like, yeah. let's let's not, because <laughs> that's gross I and know. weird. <laughs> I know. Again. Things change. And if you ever want to come back for not a costume... Yeah. With his arm around his young daughter. So he's pimping his daughter. He's pimping his daughter. Like, Yeah. Uh, we have come to another arrangement. I um, honestly couldn't believe that. I didn't remember that part at all. <laughs> that and was, I, I think maybe there's a, there's a sense of, you know, sex being treated as a commodity mm-hmm. uh, in, in a lot of this. Sort of a cheap one at that, you know, for a lot of this. Um, uh, including at the orgy, you know. I mean, it's just... Sure. It's cheap. There's there's nothing of value in it. I, I I think that's interesting, and and so and for humans to be a commodity in this scene is maybe maybe prime cut would go well with uh, this <laughs> right. with this movie. I'm glad that they end that scene there. It's, though, it's, like it's, the it's, look on yeah. the look on his face is like just kind of tells that that's fucking dark. Let's move on, he, please. Well, I mean, he's horrified. No. You know, and and and, and as, as he, he should, should be. be. <laughs> yeah, as everybody should be. It's a very disturbing scene. Then driving all the way back to the house, he decides to leave work early, and he gets a letter. They're waiting for him at the house. <laughs> I, again, I mean, there's some element of unreality about that. It's so like they have... unless they're watching him, how do they know? And then they, well, yeah. They, yeah, they just have the shot of the the camera, and then the car drives up, uh-huh. and they have a, a typed note for him. So, uh-huh. like, they knew he was coming back. You yeah. knew he was coming back, or they were waiting yeah. for him to come back. Yeah. Give up your Give inquiries. your inquiries, which are useless. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Consider these words a second warning. There will not be another. That Which totally sounds, yeah, like they're fucking with him. <laughs> Making it more serious than it actually is. When there's probably just a bunch of rich guys going, this guy thinks we're going to kill him. <laughs> you know? <laughs> uh, right. Yeah, totally. <laughs> uh, well, and, and, then, and then he's driving back and again, he starts picturing... This still, obsession still. again. Yeah, that's still and, in his and head. And so... I cannot believe that. It's still in his head. Uh, at the office, who does he call? He calls Marion. Hey, she was interested, right? <laughs> I'll call her. I'll have my sexual revenge. I'm still on this sexual revenge kick. Uh-huh. And these fantasies, these visions, the visions that he's having of Alice and the naval officer are getting more intense, more explicit. You know, yeah. like he still cannot let it go, no matter what yeah. he's experienced, what he's yeah. seen. Like you'd think he would let it yeah. go at this point. Right, right. So, I mean, when Marion is not a possibility, and honestly, it doesn't seem like he's even that particularly attracted to Marion. Or any you of know. them. Yeah. So, so he goes back to Domino's apartment, and her roommate is there, Sally. And she kind of, again, she throws 
herself at him. Mm-hmm. And he actually, you know, starts undoing her shirt a little bit. And then she goes, I, I, I think I better tell you something. Again, it's sort of this coitus interruptus, but not of his doing, you know. Right. He's never taking the initiative to stop the encounters. That's whereas, true. Whereas Alice did. Um, the one time that it came the up for one her, time, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So we find out that Domino uh, is HIV positive. And do you think he cares? No. Because <laughs> he's like, oh, I didn't sleep with her. I'm good. Absolutely. That's I, exactly, I, think that's that's all, exact, I think that's the only thing on his mind. That is exactly what he's thinking. Yeah. He doesn't yeah, care. Yeah. I, I wrote a note here. Uh, the nighttime scenes on the mostly in- empty streets are really creepy. Uh, because this is New York City, right? It, 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 and it feels so empty. There's a um, lot of street shots, too, of yeah. this movie. I, when I was, like, looking for a certain scene, like, just kind of, like, skipping through chapters of this movie, there's, like, mm-hmm. 39 chapters for this yeah. movie on the on the Blu-ray. Like, when I got to a certain point, like, every single chapter started out with a street shot. <laughs> I thought that was really yeah. interesting. Yeah, and as I understand, a lot of these, there's sort of a surrealness to this, too, because the uh, shots were... A lot of the shots were in, like, London. Really? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, some of the street shots were in London. So there are things that are different. Like, the streets are narrower than they would be in New York. Uh, It did did look a little bit off, yeah, in some parts. But but again, it's it's supposed to. It's supposed to look off. It's supposed to look like things are weird and not right. Someone's following him on the sidewalks. He buys the newspaper. Did you see what the headline on the newspaper is? I tried to catch it. <laughs> what was it? It says "Lucky to be alive" in in the in on, on the front page of the New York Post. And it says "Lucky to be alive" in this massive font. You know, um, it's so funny, nice. and I I just thought that was funny. And he goes and okay, this is another thing I thought was interesting. He walks into the cafe. It's Christmas time, right? That's decorated for Christmas, and they're playing Mozart's Requiem. In the cafe. That's not something there. I would have caught, but okay, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I caught it because I've sung it. I've sung right. that piece. <laughs> and, and it was like, oh my gosh, they're playing the Requiem. And it's it's so weird because, and what does he read in the newspaper? But this beauty queen named Amanda Curran uh, OD'd and she died. Well, she doesn't know that she died. Oh, I thought I thought it said that she had in the in the headline. That the reception oh, that's doesn't you're, tell yeah, him. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. You're you're right. Again, he gets in. Like, why? Why do you need to see this random dead person? <laughs> yeah, and and he sees her. And it's like you know what he's thinking. You know, is it is it the woman at the orgy? And it's not. Is it the woman from the orgy? Even though Victor later says that it is. That and, woman had blonde you know, hair for one and thing. It, <laughs> yes. Uh, which which could have been a wig, yes. which means, yeah. It also makes me wonder: was a Domino? Domino's blonde. She's kind of dirty so, blonde, though. More closer to Brunette yeah, than that woman was. Kind of, I I think there's a sense, and I mean this in in the disgusting way that the movie intends it to be. Women are interchangeable in his mind. Oh, sure. Yeah. I think that's part of what's happening too. Is this interchangeability of all these different women he encounters? Uh, it, it doesn't particularly matter <laughs> they um, don't particularly matter as ziegler to him yeah. ziegler says that yeah. too like right the woman of the right. party she was just a hooker apparently right just don't say that exactly yeah. they were i know apparently yeah but that's that's the way these people treat yeah these people which is part of the grossness of it too and it's mm-hmm. I, again it's supposed to be gross you know that that these people 
uh, these wealthy, we're almost to this scene with, with Ziegler. I mean, the whole element of this is, you know, is this paranoia? Is it coincidence? Is this the person? The fact that Nick is gone. I mean, what happened? Is Nick dead? All that. While he's like examining Mandy's like body, like he's obviously like kind of he's looking at her like, is that the woman? Is that you can kind of hear the mm-hmm. you hear the VO of like what she said to him at the party. Right, right, right. So he's obviously mm-hmm. thinking that it was her. Her. Yeah. OK, so the scene was Ziegler in his uh, his pool room, yeah. <laughs> his billiard, billiard room. The billiard room. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, naturally. Uh, naturally, you have a billiard room. <laughs> everyone's got one of those. Sure. Um, so it's like, so Ziegler, I, I guess I, it's like, it's almost like, how do they possibly know this guy? I, <laughs> he seems like so out of their class, you know. <laughs> um, well, they're but, rich, but he's like mega rich. Yeah. He's, he's, yeah, he's like the one tenth of one yeah. percent uh, rich. And this is where he and, lays it all out. And I don't believe yeah. a word of it. <laughs> you don't believe any of it? Okay. Well, not, maybe not any of it. But I don't, yeah, I don't believe that he's entirely telling the truth. <laughs> oh, I don't, th- he's not entirely telling the truth. But I think he's, what he's saying is true, if that makes sense. He's not giving the whole truth, <laughs> of course, because that would put him in some element well, he, of danger, I think. He admits that he was supposedly at the orgy. Yeah. Which I think he was. Mm-hmm. I, I have a feeling he he's probably the the man who sort of gives him the nod in in that scene. The, I don't know. There's two people up the people yeah, up the, above. Yeah, and and he uh, he gives him a nod, whether it's this him or not. Could be. You never know. <laughs> and you know he just lays it out, Bill. I know what happened what last night, and I know what's happened since then. I think you might have the wrong idea about one or two things. <laughs> you think um <laughs> all of it it's like it says i was there i was there um it's talking about uh how victor had him followed then you know what happened to nick it's like all we did was put him on a plane back to seattle he's probably fucking mrs nick um <laughs> and then he sort of he sort of sort of brushes everything off you know he says but he had a black eye he says yeah, he's lucky he didn't have more than that happen to him. For telling um, yeah. Bill about the party. Yeah. Right. It's like, you know, I I vouched for that fucker, you know, that whole thing <laughs> that he says. And we find, those were not ordinary people. <laughs> if I told you if I told you who they were, you wouldn't sleep very well tonight. Which is again that idea that, that the, the hunting lodge for rich weirdos. Right. Of the or you know, the Bohemian Grove kind of thing where these people are so wealthy you know it didn't help that you know those people all show up in limos and you showed up in a taxi mm-hmm. um you outed yourself right away you are not as big a deal as you think you are i think is <laughs> what this that. scene is all yeah. about yeah. you know this whole scene is like you think you're a big man you are an ant compared to what's out there again with like his ego and like uh-huh slowly stripping away at him <laughs> yeah we knew right away that you didn't belong which again like that doesn't play out exactly right at the actual party like yeah the people at the gate and at the door could have realized that he wasn't involved but then like also how would the woman know i don't know that's why this is so confusing yeah. I, well it, it says you know but like what everything if, what was if I staged said, 
Yeah. All of this was staged, that it was fake. It's like, why would you do that? To scare the living shit out of you. <laughs> to keep you <laughs> quiet about where you'd been and what you'd seen. Which makes total sense to me. Sure. You know? If it was a bunch um, of, like, judges and important people in the city, like, gathering together to have an orgy, sure, that they would want to keep it secret. Uh, I buy that. Even though it's, like, <laughs> just be out with your kinks, man. <laughs> it's not that big a deal. Yeah. You, It was a really yeah. boring, unsexy orgy anyway, so he's nothing yeah. really to be proud of. I'm sorry. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> right. So, and he asks if it was... Mandy at the party, or and he says, "Yeah, it was," even though probably wasn't. No, it wasn't. Okay, and, <laughs> and he says, "Remember, you know, she's she was the one who OD'd in my bathroom at my party the other night. Great tits. I can't, I can't." He I says know. something about that, <laughs> um, and no one's gonna miss her. She went home. It was when she went home, she was fine. She probably I OD'd the next day. No big, and essentially it's like no big loss is what he seems oh, yeah. to be implying. Yeah, he's so blasé about like talking about like all of these mm-hmm. women that were there, especially her. Yeah. 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 This is like, he's asking, well, what happened to her? It's like the same thing that happened to her a million times before. She got her braids fucked out. <laughs> you <Yeah>. know, <laughs> Very again, gross. it's sort of yeah. this commoditization, I guess, or this just the valuelessness of sex to this person and to mm-hmm. these to the people here and frankly to bill yeah i mean you know he he doesn't see the value of it with his wife <laughs> anymore maybe or you know all he wants to do is go out and fuck you know he, he doesn't care about any other element of the situation uh, maybe it's the same way. thing as in mm-hmm. unfaithful he's just looking yeah. for that excitement and that yeah. passion, mm-hmm. something different. They've fallen into a rut and wants yeah. to get out of it. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's just, it's sort of the reverse role, you know, with, with it being mm-hmm. the guy. Being the guy instead of the woman. Yeah. Yeah. Gosh, when he gets home, that shot of Nicole Kidman lying on the bed and there's the mask lying on the pillow. Wow. That is that is just incredible. And oh, I missed the best you know, one of the best shots of her uh, was or was earlier the pink shirt, that little gift that oh, you always see of her right. ah, with the glasses on, and, the look she gives him with the VO of her dream playing of yes. him or her telling him uh, that dream that she had. The, like the that's dream. that's what you're thinking of when she's looking at you, like honestly, like kind of lovingly. Yeah, she looks like she's ready to get down. Exactly. Yeah. In that shot, hey. When I'm done finishing up Helena's homework here, exactly you and me. <laughs> She's totally giving him you know? like a come hither look in that. But and, that's and all he can think of is her quote unquote cheating on him. <laughs> and she's wearing those hot glasses again. Yes. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. Sexy librarians. Okay. Sexy now, librarians. Um, <laughs> Uh, you know, but then he breaks down and his, Alice wakes up when he's he finally kind of shows some emotion. Yeah. Crying. Yeah. There's no. And that's the thing, you know, emotional moments in Kubrick are rare, but I mean, they they're so powerful when they happen. You know, it's just like kind of hits you like a ton of bricks, you know, that there's any kind of emotion that goes on at all. And it, I'll tell you everything. I'll tell you everything. And then that hard cut. That hard to cut. Daytime. Her face just red eyes and the cigarette and the oh to where yeah it's it's morning again you know that they've been up all night talking about this and she's just like emotionally drained and hurt she's been crying for hours she's been crying for hours yeah and you know that whole scene just ends with we promise to take helena shopping yeah 
We promised to take her Christmas shopping. And I remember an interview at the time where I can't remember what talk show, but they asked her, in that seed, you look like you've been crying for hours, you know, in that shot. And she says, well, that's because I had been crying for hours before they rolled film. That's a Kubrick film. You know, you have the space and the budget and the money and the time to do that. So what exactly all that entailed, I, I don't know. But I mean, it's <laughs> but the the emotional ringer that these especially Nicole Kidman, I think, must have gone through for what she does in this movie mm-hmm. <laughs> is uh, is astonishing. This is another scene where she just absolutely shines is in this <sighs> last scene. <laughs> so incredible. What I wanted to do was just write down every line of dialogue (laughs) that she delivers in this closing (laughs) sequence because, you know, just that question, you know, what do you think we should do? And and keep getting interrupted the same way he was interrupted, like throughout the whole movie, they keep getting interrupted and reminded of what they have by Helena, their daughter, like saying, like, this is what I want for Christmas, you know, like kind of the same thing as in Unfaithful, like just being reminded of what they have and what they've built together. Yeah. Yeah. And that maybe we can get back to that. And that's what I think this whole conversation is about. Yeah. And it's like, I, I love, you know, maybe I think we should be grateful. We have survived all our adventures, whether they were real or only, only a, a dream. A dream. <laughs> and I find that to be really profound because, yeah. okay, neither of them actually cheat. Yeah. Neither one did anything. But. The fantasy is painful to both of them because her imagining saying that she would be with this other guy devastates him. That she would but then on the give flip, up every not yeah. just that she would like yeah. have sex with him, that she would give up everything for one night yeah. with him. Yeah. That's pretty yeah. intense. That's devastating. And and it and it breaks him. Mm-hmm. And then the fact that he went out and just frankly saw these things, didn't even do these not for lack of trying um but uh but there's also just that this fantasy happened even if it was a dream if his experience was unreality too we don't really entirely know is painful to her because he sought it out he sought out Mm -hmm. like you said Mm -hmm. getting revenge on her for something that like she didn't even do like that would hurt even more than i think than if she had actually done something and you know he had gotten back at her by cheating you know like yeah like i didn't do anything like why did why did i have to be punished (laughs) like just because your ego was hurt by the thought of me with somebody else (laughs) and he does he comes super close with domino's roommate i'm telling that's that's a little oh, much. Yeah, yeah that, that, that's, <laughs> that's the closest one. Yeah. Well, I, and some just interesting lines here. Uh, it says, oh, yeah. you know, the, rea- the, the reality. Whole, the whole conversation. Yeah. Yeah. This whole conversation. I mean, it's like the reality of one night can never be the whole truth. Let alone um, that of a whole lifetime. Let alone that never of a whole be lifetime. The whole truth. Um, and it's like no dream is just a dream because, again, her dream, you know, her fantasy, this dream, whatever entered, whatever happened in this dream of hers is there's some element of real life that uh, caused that to come into her. There's an element of consciousness in some way. Yeah, exactly. If his world is a dream, it's not just a dream either. There's an element that, you know, her fantasies are not just a fleeting thought, you know, that she had Mm -hmm. just this one time that maybe it comes up a lot more. (laughs) And even she's admitting maybe, I don't know. Yeah. But the important thing now is that we're, we're both awake, awake and hopefully for a long time Maybe to for come. A long time. 
The final moment. Okay, so this this uh, gets a lot of discussion, um, and I think rightly so, because there's something very important. I think that's important to say that we need to do as soon as possible. And he says, oh, "Yeah, what's that?" And she just says, "Fuck, fade to black." And you cut just, to black. yeah, cut to black. <laughs> that's right. It is cut black. Cut to black. Everything is leading up to that because they haven't. Yeah, <laughs> you know, exactly. <laughs> you know, and it's it's a little bit okay. I like Shakespeare. Uh, Othello is a is about jealousy and marriage and stuff. And there's a sort of scholarly analysis that says the reason why Othello becomes so jealous of Desdemona and her friendship with one of the other characters I can't remember the names. I'm sorry, is because the marriage hasn't been consummated yet. So he's like building up and building up and building up, thinking that she has slept with another man. Desdemona slept with another man, drives Othello uh, just over the edge and he kills them both because he didn't, hasn't had his release. So it's Ah. it's sort of this, this jealousies that build and you know, that there's the other element, you know, there's, all of the experiences that you see in Eyes Wide Shut, you know, could it be sort of an Iago telling these, getting all of these ideas in their heads, you know, that causes these jealousies. But jealousy is is a potent emotion. <laughs> and uh, so you can see where, you know, the, the one thing that we need to really do is be intimate because that's where all of our problems have been coming from is the fact that we haven't fucked, <laughs> you know, or that, that they're just so distant and not talking yeah. to each other about what yeah. their desires are. Like, obviously like maybe he needs his ego stroked a little bit by her, but she's also like in that pot smoking scene. I think she's trying to tell him that maybe she does have desires for like more passion. Like I'm trying to like, yeah. Let you yeah. know like that i have like you're just and then you say that like you know men have to like stick it in anywhere or whatever women have high sex drives too and like i want that yeah. in our relationship too that's what i'm trying to tell you but you've got this thing in your you've got this idea that women don't think like that or that at least right. she can't th- or that she can't think like that because sh- she's his wife or like or, and i th- you know, in a way, like, the, yeah, yeah, he sees her different as more like the Madonna and the horror thing with uh, he's sure. Got, anyway, and, and I think it's interesting. You know, it's important that she uses the word fuck, because before that, she when she talks about them being together intimately, she says making love. We were making love. Yeah. Yeah. And then that where she talks about, in the dream. Yeah. In the dream, when she's talking about the, everyone else, she's talking about fucking yeah, people are fucking, you know, I was I mean, fucking other men. Yeah, yeah, and and so and so it's like you know what we don't need we we we've had a very intimate moment here. Let's just bang it out. I mean, that, <laughs> you know, I, it's, it's, yeah, it, I think there's exactly. a very there's an element of sometimes you just need a good fuck. <laughs> you know. I mean, you know I think that's part. It, it, I think it's also, a, you know, in a marriage too. I mean, it's not just all about. Oh, it's, it's uh, sometimes you just, you know. <laughs> I get it. Yeah, totally. I'm, I'm letting you into much more than you ever expected to get from me, right? But I mean, it's also kind of like a. I don't know. Maybe I also saw it as like, yeah, we need to do this because we obviously we don't think we've done that the whole movie, but it's to see if there's we need to know that there's still something there that we can work off of 
so that we can get through this. What, you know, the revelations that, you know, he's just made about his night. Right. Yeah. So anyway, this movie, geez. And honestly, I haven't watched it in 20 years, but I actually want to watch it again, like Uh right away, because I was just so blown away by this uh, viewing of it. I had just, I guess, forgotten how great it really is. And it's never left me. I've always kind of, you know, I remembered so much of it, but it just has a different, it's a extremely different viewing experience after 20 years of marriage yeah. than it was after, you know, one. It's a truly great film. Even for me, uh, just being, just again, you know, growing up, having more experience <laughs> from the, the first one I saw it. Like, yeah, yeah I, I saw this as a very, uh, before I rewatched it, I saw it as kind of like Citizen Kane in a way, like almost as like a very daunting task. Like, oh God, this sure Kubrick yeah. movie that's got all these ideas that I don't know that I'm going to be able to relate to or understand or anything. Like, am I going to be able uh-huh. to enjoy this movie? And I, yeah, I absolutely loved it. And I was, when I sat down to watch it, I was like, okay, this is almost three hours long. Let's see if we can do this. Absolutely no problem. Like, cause I was, yeah, I was loving it. I, I was able to catch a lot more <laughs> this time. Like, yeah. I just hate movies yeah. that make me feel dumb. And, you know, and this is what, sure. this was one of them for a long time. But now I think, uh, Hopefully, from what I've said, I think I've got a, a handle on what yeah. could be going on. And like we said, there's a lot of different ways to look at this based on you know your experiences or how you see yeah. the way certain things play out. And that's that's this is the kind of movie that we love that um, offers up mm-hmm. a lot of discussion. Yeah, it, you know, I think um, these are just some questions and sort of observations I wrote down later. If I'll, I'll throw these in here, it's All like. Right. It, I think the movie is asking, you know, what is involved in cheating? I mean, is it intention? Is it fantasy? Yeah. Uh, is it only the actual deed? Uh, you know, can a fantasy be just as painful as a reality? Uh, I think for me, in my experience, yes, it can be. Um, so and then another thing I wrote down, um, Eyes Wide Shut is to the erotic thriller what The Shining is to horror what Full Metal Jacket is to war movies or 2001 is to science fiction. It is simultaneously the epitome and the antithesis of those genres. Oh, I mean, they all kinds of smart shit. Okay. Yeah. They're, they're I, these yeah, great it, examples. Know, yeah. They're, they're these like the shining, for example, breaks every rule of horror, but it's sort of like the ultimate horror movie, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, um, 2001 breaks every rule of science fiction that came before, but it's the, kind of the ultimate science fiction film. I, you know, it's, it's all of these kinds of things that Kubrick did so well. I mean, cause full metal jacket is very kind of a, a non-war war movie. I still like um, just as cold and yeah, violent in a way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So an incredible body of work, <laughs> frankly. Yeah. And it's weird. Cause this movie is kind of an erotic thriller that is not thrilling or erotic. Neither. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it, but but it's sort of the ultimate example of an erotic thriller in a mm-hmm. way. It's so strange. I, but it's got I, all I don't these know like how else to describe darkly it. comic things going on with it too. Yeah. yeah, and the way that it has absolutely, and the way that it has influenced you know these kinds of films going forward. We talked about how there's elements of this that seem to be in Unfaithful. Though, I mean, very differently presented, but, you know, there's aspects and it's weird. It's kind of a one crazy night movie, even though it takes place over three. Uh, 
it's the bulk of it the most important part i mean not the most yeah. important part but a big part of it yes yeah. it's one crazy night it's a christmas movie Yes, it's a Christmas movie. But not. <laughs> um, They're wrapping presents. Yeah, <laughs> seeing there's a Christmas are. tree. <laughs> Go Christmas yeah. shopping. Christmas trees everywhere in this movie. Everywhere. Christmas lights and stuff, yeah. And these two movies work together a lot better than I, I thought they did at first. Because mm-hmm. I did really feel like maybe, the yeah, like it changes up who is the, the main focus of the cheating in each one but it starts out very similarly and they i think it ends very similarly too it's like a where are they now or where are they going to do now kind of thing it's just they're both open to interpretation i like that oh yeah both really terrific movies so we got a couple of recommendations to go along with these too yeah what do you you got so mine is okay this movie is not as good as either of these but I enjoyed it. I, I enjoyed the setup in particular. Yeah, um, it's really cool. <laughs> uh, it's it, it's it's Jim Cummings' latest movie, The Beta Test. Uh, it's on Hulu. <laughs> I love Elric Kane's letterbox review of it. It's uh, he calls it Entourage Wide Shut. Um, <laughs> Which it makes it totally makes sense after I watched it. I was totally like, yeah, makes sense that's if it. you watch the movie. It's totally what it is, and and it's 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 a pretty good movie. You know, I mean, I, I think its follow through doesn't quite land, but yeah, it, it starts out. I think the a lot of it I really really liked, and so yeah, I. I yeah. I think it's worth checking out. I watched it too, like from your recommendation and mostly because um, from the Wolf of Snow Hollow, like I, I love Jim Cummings now <laughs> and his style of uh, comedy in, in this one too is just like, it, you can watch it just for him and like have a good time yeah. with this movie, even if yeah, it, definitely. The, the plot doesn't totally work. You know, like he's absolutely hilarious and I, I love watching him. He's a new favorite, I think. And I also like, cause it's kind of, um, I like a lot of movies lately that kind of hate social media, yeah, and right. <laughs> this is this is one of those movies. I, I think or I should say are, are are critical of social media. I, I think or the dark side of social media movies. Mm-hmm. I find, and I've watched a lot of them this year. I'll probably bring up a few in our in our year end discoveries episode, which will inevitably land at some point in this year or next year. Okay, my recommendation then for this is another kind of a cheating uh, wife movie uh, from 1970. One that I discovered, not really discovered, but it was recommended to me and I got it in the Kino Lorber sale and fucking loved this five star movie um, from 1970 again uh, directed by Frank Perry Diary of a Mad Housewife yeah I bought it too I'm so excited to watch it you should be because it is great it's another like dark bleak uh, black comedy um, about a housewife who has the worst husband in the world you will absolutely hate this guy but you'll also absolutely hate the guy that she ends up cheating on him with having an affair with and oh, it's wow. but it's done in a really really interesting way um and honestly i watched it like two months ago i don't remember so much about it but i just the way that she's presented her family the conflict between all of them it's it's so so interesting and it, i think it'll go along really well with both of these too so it's a great awesome. like quadruple feature we got going on here. Yeah, definitely. So what do we got on tap for next time? Next time we're doing kind of a weird one for us, but I think it was like just 
there were these two movies that we really wanted to talk about and they worked together pretty well. Uh, ballet movies, dancing movies, <laughs> which is really, really yeah. specific topic for us. But it whatever, is. we're going to go. We're going to go well, with it. We, we were originally <laughs> going to do like dance films and then they both right. happened to be ballet. Yeah. Okay. There um, you go. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So for me, I have chosen a movie that. The first time I saw it, I was completely swept away in a way that I never imagined I would be. Uh, from 1948, Powell and Pressburger's classic masterpiece, The Red Shoes. I have been dying to watch this. I am so excited oh, to finally watch it. I've been, I've been I, holding it. I, I am too. We were going to talk about it. I, I, I bought the 4K and I'm just like, oh, I can't wait to watch this movie on 4K. <laughs> I'm so excited. <laughs> yeah. And that Blu-ray that I sent you is stunning. So it, it'll look great. It'll look awesome. great. Uh, from mine, we're going to go all the way from 1948 to 2010 with uh, Darren Aronofsky's The Black Swan which I think I, I was Excellent. mostly like, I really wanted to talk about Black Swan and you were like, let's talk about the red shoes to go with it. That's perfect. So yeah. this is going to be a cool one. Yeah. Yeah. They're both pretty dark stories about that involve ballet um, as an element, though there's a lot more going on in both of these movies. And I'm looking forward to seeing Mila Kunis again. <laughs> I, uh, I, I'm I, always I, looking I forward watched, to seeing her. <laughs> yeah. I watched uh, Forgetting Sarah Marshall again um, for the first time in, many years this last week and i was like oh wow yeah i'm looking forward to seeing some more mela kunis especially the way she is in black swan yes i I very much enjoy it too um (laughs) so (laughs) there we go and natalie portman is wonderful too yeah um absolutely all right so the socials that we hate so much Uh, now social media is evil (laughs) but if you want to talk to us maybe yeah, if you're nice, um, be nice, and, be nice. And, and 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 we'll be fine with social media. But yeah, um, so uh, you can find me on Twitter at Brian D Kuiper. Uh, you can find me at Michelle in Agen. And our show is at Movie Life Pod. That's the important one. Uh, we are close really? to 800 followers there, like super we close, are. like four away at the time of this recording. So you know, give us a follow over there. Um, we try and throw some stuff on there when we can. All right. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, uh, rates and reviews over at Spotify, at Apple Podcasts, uh, help a great deal. Always appreciate. Uh, so, yeah, we've we've gotten a few more reviews. We could use some. I, I mean, a few more ratings. We could use some reviews as well, and ratings Please. always. So, uh, uh, just takes a moment to pop that in, but it helps a lot. Yes, it does. All right, so. What are we going to do next time, Brian? We're going to have our eyes wide shut. <laughs> Whatever that means. And we'll, we'll see you not. next time. <laughs> there you go. So we'll not see you next time? We'll not see you next time? <laughs> are we eyes wide? Anyway. I don't know. Yeah, something. Whatever. Bye. <laughs> okay, bye. <laughs> it's time to end. <laughs> they did a bad, bad thing. They did a bad, bad thing. They did a bad, bad thing. Maybe it's a bad, bad thing. You ever loved someone so much you thought your little heart was gonna break in two? I didn't think so. You ever try with all your heart and soul to get your lover back to you? Go on, I hope so. You ever pray with all your heart and soul just to watch you walk away? Yeah. Maybe it's a bad, bad thing. 